It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit worldafropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. Worldafropedia.com. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Greetings, caller in Florida. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to... Gus, the host, the listeners and callers, I have quite a bit, so I'm going to try and uh, break it up as best as I can. The, the uh, earlier, Not this week, but last week, it was definitely a lot of um, racism uh, going on because I was, and I figured this was going to happen because we have this uh, confidential bin, like a recycling bin, and I think people have assumed that I do this, uh, and it's for like the juvenile department, their documents, if anybody knows, you know, that's confidential, juvenile cases are confidential, so they don't go in regular recycling bins. So the top white woman that I've been given her the code name, the warden, like the uh, and I'm and I want to be emphatic about this because, like I know Gus, you played that audio segment about white women being tamed, and, uh, you know, acting like they disenfranchised and they're victims. Um, they're definitely not victims because uh, this is a good example. Like she had asked me in an email and included my supervisor, another white woman, by the way. And I will say that she she does listen at least when I have these reports about mistreatment um, and I've been using that word injustice it's definitely been effective and unjust I think Mr. Fuller mentioned that term so she said like if there's any you know um, instance of injustice I could just like come let her know about it so she asked me about this email so I said like could you please give me a second 
And then she says, well, okay. And uh, she goes to sit down in our office. So it, it took me about maybe four to five seconds before I could you know, gather my thoughts. I printed out the email, and I went to go speak to her about this. Now, it's, uh, I believe, July, what, the 5th. Now, this happened maybe like June the 28th. And the initial email about this have been going on ever since June the 14th. So apparently the people in the juvenile department had an arrangement with somebody from another department to do this job. Okay. And apparently the bin didn't get empty. So, uh, no surprise that another black person myself was made a candidate. Okay. To be volunteered to do this. So, my supervisor wasn't informed. I wasn't informed. So I'm telling her about this, that I don't have any jurisdiction over this test. And, you know, I told her, to summarize it, I told her that that's on somebody else. So she sent back a response saying that, can you have another person, I guess another male person, I guess, because it's more laborers to do that on that side of the building because I'm on another side. And, then, you know, so I run into the white woman. Okay, and she tells me that, hey, you know what? Don't worry about doing this. They're like, don't worry about doing it because the people are gone who's supposed to come pick up the uh, shredded paper. Now, but she never gave a email, text response. Okay, so the next day she asked, and this is retaliatory right here. The next day she asked, could she? Could I bring her the keys to the truck vehicle? So in a courteous manner, I go and hand her the keys. But she said in the email, I hand the keys to her assistant. But I, I was like, no, I, I hand her the keys. Okay, so she uses the keys from 2 to 4. She said in the email, she's going to use the 2 to 4. And I had a, a, an immediate suspicion right there because I go and take, I go and uh, complete a job or do a job, take the mail a little after 4. So I suspect that she wasn't going to come back in time, which I was explaining this last week. So she failed to be back on time and disrupted um, my job on Wednesday evening and was was also subversive that next morning, too. And, and when she came in, she was waving the keys, and I was on the phone with my, uh, mom, my mom from another building called me. And... The facial expression was very, uh, was very nasty and like very, like, uh, just very, just toxic or whatever. Very, very contemptuous. She was rolling her eyes and everything. It was very revealing emotionally. Um, so she goes downstairs and I asked my supervisor, like, should I just wait here or whatever for to bring the keys back? And she says, yeah, you know, that'll be okay. And then two minutes later, she says she left she left the keys in the in the truck. So she comes back upstairs to walk past my department and doesn't even bring us the keys back. But I gave her the keys. Remember now when I had initially gave them to her for her to borrow. So on that Friday, it was last Friday. I typed out this. It was a it was a huge email. Um, and I said, you know, I'm ready to do this. You know, this is this is not just no regular, okay, no regular employee. This is the top 
this is this is even the, the two white men they you know they were saying that they you know they were proud of my promotion even took a picture with me she ain't care about none of that she didn't she didn't take no pictures no congratulations i got the new desk like i don't care about none of that like he's still a nigga to me like that's basically um the sentiment this person carries and she's the person that i interviewed or hired me um so about five to six hours they didn't really say anything to me because i asked I think it was focused on the question I asked in the email. I said, would this be happening to a white person? Because I mentioned this person's behavior being unprofessional and unbecoming of someone of her position. So, you know, it was kind of like real nervous. You know, they were avoiding me. And then she tried to be nice uh, when we had our 4th of July dinner or lunch or whatever. And my supervisor says, uh, you know, uh, the administrative guy, I guess who one of the top three people in the office wanted to talk to us. So immediately I noticed, but I didn't say anything that the white woman was not present. She was not in the office. So this guy's immediately, he's, he's saying, well, you know, I just want to let you know, like nobody's picking on you. And Gus, I know you use that word picking on is like, uh, like it's referring to, some kind of child conflict on the playground or something. Uh, so he was basically talking and he said that, like, I just disagree. And this person, he's the most unracist. He used the word unracist. I never heard that before. Uh, and she, she treats people right, whether they're black, purple, you know, the usual rhetoric, green, you don't even have green people. And like, and I use the word unprofessional and conduct. He used two of the words that I use in my email and said that my conduct was unprofessional for writing the email. Um, but I had listed an example of how she, uh, she listed everybody else's name in a meeting and their milestone how many years they've been here and when it got to me she asked me how many years i've been here and <laughs> you know what he said he said uh what was i was i in there at that time and like i i have to definitely uh say my supervisor was practicing racism because she was like i don't i don't know if she was in there um i think you know both of them was in there because this was only like 30 days ago see so when you start coming with the examples they start to play, quote unquote, play dumb. And uh, just to more summarize it, he's like, you know, when he was growing up, he said that he he was called a nigger lover, and his uh, his his sister and his mom was called that too, and told to go back to New York, to go back up north, and you know, saying, well, you know, we got to work together, and this and this and that, and basically trying to downplay what she said. So, and I had also, he had tried to use the word fair. And I said, um, you know what? It's an advantage to being white. Like you people in here are powerful. Nobody's going to want to come in here and report acts of injustice. They may be scared. And he tried to say, oh, well, uh, the clerk, 
he's only been here for a year and a half. You know, I might lose my job if uh, somebody else runs for election. I'm like, that's that still don't make me and you equivalent, really. Um, another example, you use the word fair. Uh, I said, have you ever heard of fair skin? <laughs> and then my supervisor, she says, uh, yeah, I, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. It means light. And he was trying to play like he didn't know what that word meant. He was saying, is it something to do with my hair? Like, I, I don't know. And he said he would Google the term fair scan, so. Wow! Hey, yo, drama, hold up, sir. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the motherfucking record. All right. I want you to pondy replay, drama. Pondy replay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give him one more chance, man. Run that shit the fuck back. Another example, you used the word fair. Uh, I said, have you ever heard of fair scan? <laughs> and then my supervisor, she says, uh, yeah, I, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. It means light. And he was trying to play like he didn't know what that word meant. He was saying, is it something to do with my hair? Like, I, I don't know. And he said he would Google the term fair scan. So, Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Thursday, July 12th, 2018. So I have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism Uh, if we have any folks out there if you have figured out what to do so that you are never in the situation like what we heard at the beginning where you've got white folks on the job fair i've never heard that if i do spell you know get my dictionary i'll see if i can fair i've heard so you never have that problem You go about getting your work done. People do not pick out random tasks to assign you to without telling you, without informing your supervisor. That never happens to you. You don't have people sabotaging what you are attempting to accomplish on your job. That never happens to you. You don't have to go and have meetings with supervisors because they're causing you all of these problems, subversive activity, as they say. You don't have to deal with any of that. You go to work. You do your job, you get your lunch breaks. If you need a day off, a week off, it's summertime, vacation. People are out frolicking and such. You get all of your vacation days, personal days, sick days, whatever it is. You get all of your raises on time, bonuses on time, never any issues. You should be the first person to call in and give us the details. And I mean specifics right down to the comma. How did you do that? What can we do to emulate your prosperity in the workplace? The number for you, and I mean, you should be on speed dial. First person in, the number 641-715-3640. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. If we have victims of white supremacy, if you're having problems in the workplace, being mistreated in some way, shape, form, and you would like counter-racist logic uh, to kind of help you evaluate what's happening and maybe figure out some suggestions on a way that you can solve this problem without creating new problems, certainly give us a ring. The number 641-715-3640. The code Five six four nine four three 
pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. As I've said consistently, if you do not want to dial in via the phone line, you can always uh, give us a ring or you can always drop an email and I can read your commentary online. That's if you have your own situation uh, that you would like us uh, to address or if you have commentary on any of the scenarios that are presented during the course of the broadcast, uh, we can share and folks can give, you know, whatever their comments are thoughts, observations, suggestions regarding your situation. My email address, again, untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. And as I said, I'll just keep an eye out as we are rolling through the broadcast. I'll read uh, commentary as I see things pop up in my email. A few folks uh, wrote in before we got started, so I will read their commentary to begin with. But before I even get to their commentary... The I think last week I had commented about my yoga situation. Oh, yes. And I've, of course, Gus T's yoga situation, important matters. Got to talk about that as well. But I think I mentioned last week at with my yoga situation that every time I go into class, it's mostly white people. That's what I expected. Uh, and I talked about feeling uh, almost a level of contempt, if not certainly a palpable difference in how the whites in class are treated uh, and how myself, well, it's not that a whole lot of black people in the class, myself and like one, two other people, uh, and at least in how I am treated uh, and, and feeling a sizable difference between the two. And I said that last week and I said, however, that does not stop me from going to class and acknowledging everybody. When I go in class, we had uh, teacher training yesterday afternoon for three hours. As soon as I get evening, Heather, evening, Roger. Evening, Ronald. I speak to everybody every time. Greetings, evening or, you know, good evening. Same thing. If we're about to leave, I do that every time. I am not entirely certain. It seems that many people who listen to this broadcast or have been exposed to some aspect of counter racism as it relates to which you how you function on the on the job. Somehow it gets construed as the whites that I work with are racist, which is probably true. I shouldn't speak to them at all. That is not counter-racist logic. I do not recommend that at all. That is, in my view, at least what I've seen, that is likely going to cause you problems with racists if you're not speaking. And hey, I am not a nice person. I have said that for years. I'm not going to win any congeniality uh, pageants. I think anyone who's listened to the cows for a number of years would agree with that one. Uh, I misanthrope. Curmudgeon. That's all you need to know about Gus T. That said, when you're on a job situation, you know, you did ask for the job. I did volunteer to sign up for teacher training. They did not put a gun to my head and demand that I come in for the next eight weeks uh, to train with them. If you volunteer, you signed up for this uh, to do whatever the job is, you want to try to hold it until you, you know, no longer want that job or ready to move on to something else in that end. Uh, you do want to acknowledge, and this is not about making friends. Uh, this is not about making them feel nice. Uh, it's certainly not about trying to strike up uh, a long five-hour conversation with them. This is just, hey, we're in the workplace together, racist or not, pals or not. You might even be a sexual predator. Uh, I am here, and I'm just going to acknowledge we are here, same space, probably be here, and keep it moving, keep it businesslike. That's all. 
very important. I think that can be very helpful, especially since so many black people get accused of being aloof and not being a team player. And I've just seen where a lot of people, a lot of black people, victims of white white supremacy are falsely accused anyway. This can be helpful in subverting that so that people are, they are hearing your voice. They are hearing and seeing you greet other co-workers. Nobody goes, oh my gosh, he's so rude. And he just never parts his lip or she never even talks to us. She comes in and doesn't say that. No one can ever say that. Always speaks very pleasant, calls us by name. That can be very helpful uh, as you proceed in your career. Wanted to get that out just because over the years, I've heard that a lot where somehow many, many, it seems like I've said that a lot. Getting counter-racist information does not mean go on the job and zip your lips and never speak to anyone on the job. That is not what counter-racism on the job is about at all. But I've heard that from so many listeners, and I, I think even some folks uh, last week admitted that they that's a problem that they struggle with. You don't want to fall into that pattern. Racists generally can uh, use that against us effectively, but not speaking. Next, uh, do I want to do my yoga? I'll do my yoga portions a little later in the program since people did write in. Start getting to some of the people who wrote in. First up, a black female listener. She writes, One of the managers at my department is married to a black male for reference. Insert cowbell. She is extremely racist, but is able to hide behind photos of her husband and two quote-unquote mixed kids on her desk. Every single black female who has worked in her particular area has either quit or been fired because of her. I have spoke to every black female who has worked under her on the day they left, and they all said it was because of her, but none mentioned the word racist when saying why. That's clearly the case. After the last black female quit, she is now picking on me. Ooh, just heard that word picking my suggestion. Uh, We don't if it's especially if it's a workplace situation and I would say racism in general. Whites are not picking on non-white people. This is subversive activity, injustice, mistreatment, incorrect behavior, lots of different ways it can be strived. We don't we want to steer clear of the word uh, picking just as was described in the audio clip. Uh, we are not talking about a grade school situation. We are talking about terrorism on the job. Continuing. Uh, so now she is mistreating me a lot more. After speaking with everyone in my department, I was able to confirm that I am the only one she monitors. It's to the point where I would call a client. She would listen in on the call and interrupt and berate me while I'm on the line about talking too long, taking too long to speak with clients. She consistently refers to black clients as dumb and ghetto, but she knows not to say the word black, so her racism goes unnoticed. She will always say they or these people, and you can tell she's talking about a black person since she starts the racist name calling after speaking to a black person. One by one and day by day, she removes things someone in my position would have authority over to purposely make my job 10 times harder. She would have IT remove certain apps and privileges, making it impossible to help a client and leaving me to have to deal with angry clients. Whenever her favorite white male employee would make a mistake, which is every day because he has not learned the system, she would try to blame me. The white male would call black customers names and curse them out. And when they would report him, 
she runs straight to me and accuses me of these things. I ask her, since she's monitoring me, to pull up the proof that I did these things. When she does, it shows that the white male employee was cursing people out, so she changes the subject and tries to berate me for possibly making a typo, for example. She leaves the white male employee alone. The HR person who is best friends with her told me she is collecting cans for her daughter and was digging through my trash for cans. She came up to me recently after I made sure to spit in the trash and rent through my garbage. She found a can dripping with spit and just wiped it off. Now she doesn't go through anyone else's garbage. And I know for a fact it was the white female boss who has told this lady to watch me. End of her report. I think uh, we've been talking quite a bit this summer or at least I have and that is connected to yoga in terms of saying that you are under surveillance on the job now I don't know if I went you know into as much detail to say that yes they might be rummaging through your trash uh, at work I don't think I've went that far but I mean being under surveillance you should take that very very seriously and I think most of us as I stated earlier this summer we do not we do not understand racism white supremacy and we do not understand how uh, closely scrutinized we are by whites, especially in work environments. I mean, if they're digging through the trash, wow. Uh, but that's number one. Just uh, keep that in mind. Really be mindful and, and try not to minimize that on any job that you're on. I mean, if it gets this explicit, then, you know, you know, it's probably really advanced. But even if these types of things are not happening, you should just be thinking that way. With the accusations, the most important thing, particularly once you know this is how this racist functions. She accuses black people of things that they didn't do. She tries to make it as difficult as possible for black people so that she can either fire them or aggravate them to the point where they will quit. You already know this is how she functions. The counter racist code has got to be number one. I've got to keep my composure. Uh, if she's someone that's going to be doing the yelling and berating, because a lot of times what they want is for you to lose your composure and get upset and yell back and retaliate or whatever it is, and then they can really terrorize you. If that means going ahead with a full termination or, you know, putting something really big, this is this will be grounds for denying you a promotion or denying you a bo uh, bonus uh, that you had that really ugly incident where you got upset, you know, and was trying to give you some feedback and, you know, you yelled at her and cursed and all that. And we had to give you a major warning and that sort of thing. Really make sure you keep your composure. The next thing with any accusation, uh, I've said this consistently for years, uh, take those seriously and you just want to investigate is this true? Not, I didn't do that. What is wrong with you crackers? And none of that. Just, well, is this true? Let's see the evidence to see that this is true. And not yelling, not cursing, very common. I would say, especially take that approach if you know. Now, this is a racist who likes to blame niggers for everything. And I know she likes to blame niggers, especially me, for things that we didn't do, I didn't do. So you should practice that. Oh, okay. I. Let's sit. Let's investigate. Do we do we have any evidence of their reports that this is a phone call situation? Can we go ahead and pull up the phone call so I can see, you know, exactly what I said? We can make improvements and address exactly what my errors were. Lean right into it. If I've been accused of something, let's check it out and see, you know, if I did do that. And then we go to the. Oh, that's not the case. OK, big big proponent of retraction. I think Stacy in the UK might be with us. She's talked about that before. Any of these accusations I would and written 
retraction, the double R. That is wonderful request. Uh, written retraction. And I'm a big advocate of emailing uh, these anytime if there's some sort of accusation or what have you requesting evidence if we need to go check a phone record or pull up a file an email or whatever it is if we got to go and check the record uh to see if i did something incorrect doing it via email because then you have an electronic database that is being accumulated you keep all your notes you can print those out add that to your workplace journal and then you also get electronic notification of their response or lack thereof uh, if you're asking for a question about all this do we have reports? Do we have emails or phone records or, you know, whatever it is? And then you can get an email response. You could end up with a whole electronic file with this whole correspondence about whether or not, you know, these are false charges. Those would be a couple of the things that I would recommend uh, in addition to, again, not having any personal effects in your work area and maybe even being mindful about what you throw in the trash can. Hadn't got that detailed before, but certainly being mindful about what you have uh, around your uh, desk area. I've said that before, no pictures and, and none of that stuff. This is the system of racism, white supremacy. If other folks have comments, uh, suggestions uh, for how you would deal uh, with this white woman, what you would do in this situation, feel free. I will read one more uh, of the emails from folks who wrote in and then I'll get to folks who dialed in. Uh, next email. Uh, black female. Oh man, this is our uh, black female who works uh, at the university. I believe this is in the great Virginia, so near to my heart, uh, where she helped them get a gift that was like a half million dollars. And we had another white woman, the victims they are, we had another white woman who came in, schemed one of her uh, coworkers. She came in, schemed, and got credit for like half of this $5 million gift for the institution when she did no work. In fact, she wasted a lot of time because what did we just say? She came in making false, false accusations. Oh, this negress, she messed it up. She didn't follow the right procedure. She tried to steal their half million dollars. She messed everything up. And then they did the investigation and found all of these claims were false. And the white woman, the racist, still got credit for doing absolutely nothing for this half million dollar gift. And they are, there is some sort of uh, competition. I don't remember all the, the details of it, but uh, the victim who's writing in and these other race soldiers on the job, there is a competition between folks in the office as to who can get the most uh, money, uh, gifts for the institution. And obviously half million dollars, that is a big whopper uh, in this sort of competition. All right, let's get the update. Uh, so the white woman, uh, who's given half credit for the $600,000 gift to the university. I learned last week that she closed a gift, a uh, small one, $25,000 from one of my prospects whom I've been working with for years. This is the equivalent of stealing a sale from a fellow salesperson. When I discovered this, I called the AVP, racist suspect man, uh, because my boss, racist suspect woman, was out. He seemed irritated by my call and said, what is it? I don't know what you're talking about. Question lane. Is it permissible now for colleagues to solicit gifts from a prospect that is assigned to someone else? His answer, you know that it's not, but people do what they want. I'll look into it and get back to you tomorrow. Heard nothing the next day. I called my boss yesterday. She starts asking me accusatory questions like, if you could see that 
racist white woman who steals gifts and receives credit had reached out to your prospect, why didn't you say anything? My response, why wouldn't she reach out to me to inform me of what she was doing? Boss instructs me to write an email to this woman, but says, send it to her first. She backhand compliments, insults me by saying, you are very articulate. Wow, major eye roll. And I'm unable to communicate what I want to say via email. Then she tells me exactly what to say in the email. I'm taking notes on the phone call. I write the email. After sending, she calls and says, this isn't ready to go out. You need to tone it down a little and tweak it. Stop by my office tomorrow and we'll discuss. I go into policy and procedure mode. Woohoo! Printing the policy, emailing questions in advance, and itemizing what our meeting should cover. Her tone during the meeting was mostly upbeat with undertones of telling me what I did wrong and could do better. When she used the metaphor, metaphor, always take the high road, I said, exactly, what do you mean by that? And what would that look like? Her answer was inadequate and nonspecific. I had already decided that I would tell her I'm going to rewrite the email. Oh, I already decided that I would tell her I'm not going to rewrite the email. She asked what I wanted to do instead. I said we should all meet to discuss it in person. She said okay and threw out the email. That meeting is scheduled for next week. Another backhanded compliment, veiled insult. What you have going for you is you have a very calm demeanor. Whatever that means. <laughs> Patterns and expectations. They will give in to racist suspect woman. They will give her credit for the gift she stole. It will not be shared. They will continue to use this woman to make it seem as though I am not doing this or that and force me to work with her because it's uncomfortable. Beware of the compliments. They use this to disarm us. Wins. Policies and procedures diffuse their emotion and lies. Woohoo! Read that one one more time. Policies and procedures diffuse their emotion and lies. Question lane forces them to answer and explain their own inconsistencies, mistreatment, and racist favorism. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is end of commentary. She says she can uh, call in to give uh, additional details, updates uh, from what we heard from the email. But I can only say again, the accusations. I didn't know this when I started work career in terms of being accused of anything, any and everything. You stole this. You took this. Anything that could possibly happen in the world. There were supposed to be a thousand raindrops in Seattle today, and there were only 990. We think you stole 10 raindrops. That is the system of racism, white supremacy. So being prepared for that, I think, at least in my experience, understanding that that's what this is can go a long way to helping you not have those immediate emotional responses where you're angry, you're outraged, justifiably so, but we want to make sure that we're solving problems without creating new problems. Whites, they are experts at handling angry black people. There is a long record 
I don't see too many illustrations where white people have a tough time with a black person who gets angry, really angry, really loud. In most instances, no problem. Even if you overwhelm me individually because of that Voltron effect, Mr. Fox, they will have other whites that they can call who love angry black people. I got all kinds of toys we get to try out for loud, angry black people. Got to keep your composure in that environment and questions, questions. Be expert at being able to ask questions calmly with a smile. What is the procedure about taking potential clients from other coworkers? Is that in policy and procedure? Maybe we need a review, a review. Excellent at asking questions calmly and even anticipating. That's another thing that you can do. Just understanding that we're in a system of racism, white supremacy. These are not my homies. I speak to them every day by name. I speak to them. However, we're not homies. We're not friends. I'm not coming to this environment thinking I'm going to be treated well. I'm not surprised. I expect them to be rifling through my desk. I expect them to be rifling through my trash can. I expect them to be rifling through my lunch if I have left it in an unsafe uh, uh, position. That's what this system is. Once you understand that, I think it's much easier to not be surprised, upset, irate about these type of things. You understand and expect this. These racists are going to work together, even when they're breaking the rules and messing me over on the job here. No problem. I anticipated this. I have my own plan. Even love how she said, I'd already decided I'm not rewriting this email. I already have my plan that I'm working along with counter racist logic. Lovely. Uh, if the caller that or yeah, the listener that uh, wrote this feedback, if you are able to dial in, if you would like to explain the how the policy and procedures help diffuse the emotion and lies, that would be great because I think that is something that a lot of people have, you know, asked for input or suggestions on dealing with lying whites in the workplace, how policy and procedure can help neutralize those tactics, that would be grand. Uh, if other folks have uh, suggestions, comments on the first two scenarios that I read, I have uh, other people wrote in as well. I'll add those as we go, and I definitely will add my yoga commentary as we proceed as well. Uh, the number again, 641-715-3640. The code 564 nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate first few folks who dialed in with a hand up if you have your own situation well first if we have any non-white listeners victims of racism as i said who have figured out great they don't have any of these type of situations Things are great on their job. You should be number one to dial in and give us details on how to emulate what you've done. Other folks, if you have problems, would like counter-racist perspective, feel free to dial in star six one uh, to get a hand up. Or if you have commentary suggestions on what I have read thus far, uh, if you have a hand up, line should be open. Can I have you heard? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, greetings, everyone. Greetings, Gus. Um, 
construction worker here. And um, my job scenario has changed. Um, I have been terminated. And um, it's really interesting how that termination has occurred. It occurred um, and it was said that I was late and that I did not call and notify somebody that I was late. And so that was the reason for the termination. Now, mind you, <clears throat> I was late because of a uh, traffic accident on the highway that I was behind. And um, I notified the person who uh, told me that I was terminated that this was the case. And um, But what I decided to do is, is um, have that on record. And I decided to call my union representative and uh, told them that I was terminated. Um, that was the day I was terminated. The day after, I talked with my um, union rep again, and they got the notice of termination. And they told me to explain the scenario to them. So I told them that I was uh, 20 minutes late. And they said, well, in this letter, it shows that you're an hour and 10 minutes late. So he, um, you know, got on his Google Maps and, you know, tracked where I was and the accident and this and that and nature. And I was actually correct in that I was 20 minutes late. So they inflated the time, uh, number one. Number two, um, they told me, my employer told me that the reason that they were terminating me was because I was late and that this was the third occurrence in my file. And so actually... <clears throat> Excuse me, getting a little flustered. When I had this conversation with them, they told me I was terminated. I said, I asked them, I said, um, do you have all of those records? And they said, yes. I said, I have those records. They're in my file. They said, would you like them texted to you or emailed to you? And at first I wanted them texted, but for some reason I, I said email. Um, I have yet to receive that email. But one reason that I wanted it from an email is because then there will be a um, a signature of where that email was sent from. So it had been sent from a um, an official um, email address, company email address, showing that this has been received. I have to receive that email, by the way. So let me jump back forward to talking with my union representative who's going over this letter that they have sent saying that I've been terminated. And um, what's interesting, he says that he's, he also looked at the things that were in my file, and he says this is not the third occurrence, and he said that he believed that they were actually trying to force me out. He also said he was going to fight, uh, he was going to file a grievance because according to company policy, according to the specific company policy, they do not allow any of their workers on company time to be on the phone while they are in traffic. Um, now, I bring this scenario up um, to help um, victims and one so that they don't go through this scenario, but also to be aware of the methods that will be tried to use, be used against you um, and, to, and to always follow that policy procedure because I did not know that policy and procedure was in their policy about not being on the phone during um, while being in traffic because the reason that he told me I was terminated was not just because I was late, but I was late and didn't notify anybody that I was going to be late. Well, how am I supposed to do that when I'm behind a traffic accident on the highway? 
when I'm trying to not to cause any more problems than that are already there. So um, with that said, um, I actually decided to call a lawyer and told him about this, not only this scenario, but a few of the other scenarios that I have um, recorded. And so I asked him about filing discrimination suit because I have um, a few things. Um, um, in terms of uh, not just race, but um, being asked about my um, religion and why I'm not a certain religion, um, trying to get me to perform things unsafely, things of that nature. But after talking to this lawyer, they told me that um, I have a lot of work to do. They suggested that the recordings that I have, that I not only uh, give them over to the EEOC, but also type up transcripts of each of those recordings for the EEOC because uh, the lawyer said that they have a crushing workload and it will help them work faster and to your advantage. If you are prepared, you have dates, times, you know, you have correct punctuation, it, it, it just really helps them. Um, but they also told me to um, file a complaint with my congressperson because the program that I was gotten under for this job is federally funded with taxpayer dollars and um, there is a pattern here and one thing that I am um, at least I think I'm certain about is regardless of where Congress people sit on the political aisle they're not too keen on the wasting of taxpayer dollars fraud and abuse in, in that case um, one they don't like the waste of money too it opens them up to things like this, and they really don't like that. So I'll be writing my congressperson as well. And um, I have a few other things to file, but um, it, it, I actually filed for my unemployment the day of. I have one more quick story, and then I will um, I will uh, put my phone back on mute. I went to the uh, unemployment office this week after two weeks of actually not having gotten paid. And I know there's a grace period. And right after that grace period and I wasn't paid, I, I made a phone call. And, it, it, you know, it's an automated service. And it doesn't put you on hold. What we'll say is, is that all, all um, our representatives are busy. Please call back, and then it will automatically hang up. So I thought that was peculiar. So the following day, I decided to call at the exact moment that the office opened, and I got the same message. So I tried three more times throughout the day, got the same message. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go to an actual unemployment office. So I go to an actual unemployment office. I'm there 15 minutes before it actually opens up. I'm the first car in the parking lot. I walk in. There's an elderly white woman at the desk. She might have been in her 70s. Very, very tinted, very dark glasses. There might have been, they weren't sunglasses though, so I think she might have had some vision issues. And um, I tell her, I asked her, I said, do you need me to sign in? She said, yeah, because she, she pulled out the book because she didn't have it up there. I suspected that they needed me to sign in, so I'm trying to follow their procedures. And um, I signed in. She says, how can I help you? I said, well, I haven't been getting paid unemployment. It's been um, past the time. It, it shows my claim has been approved, but I'm not getting paid. She said, well, have you called the phone number? I said, yes, ma'am, I have. She said, well, we have some phones in the back. And uh, if you call this number, um, you should be able to get somebody. 
Now, I have a cell phone, and I know I don't need to go to the back room with the phone to make this phone call. But what I decide to do is I decide to do that anyway. So she cannot say that I'm not complying with standards or I didn't try such and such and such. I'm just trying to exhaust all of my, all of my options before um, I escalate my issue. So I go back there, have my recorder, put that landline on speakerphone, dial it up, same message, and then it hangs up. So I go back to the front. And I say, ma'am, um, I have the same thing that, the same issue that I've been having. She said, well, you know, sometimes you have to wait a while. I said, I understand. I said, but um, I've been calling this number for days um, consistently, and I've gotten the same thing, and I've, I, I haven't gotten anywhere with it. At that moment, the black female walks up, and she says, um, well, you know, sometimes, you know, there are certain days that are better to call, and uh, sometimes that, that, that can be better. I said, yes, ma'am, I understand. Um, I have called on those days, and I still haven't, haven't gotten any luck. She said, well, well, sit right here. I'll see what I can do for you. She goes to her cubicle, and then she waits for the white lady to sit back down at her desk, and she sneaks over to me, and she says, take this piece of paper and call this number. Now, on that piece of paper, is the number that is on the Employment um, Commission's brochures and on their website. But underneath that is also another number. She tells me to call that other number. I go back to those that landline phone, put it on speakerphone again, start my recorder, call the number. I get put into a call queue. I wait for maybe three minutes before I get a gentleman on the line. I asked him if all my paperwork is together. He said it is. Everything on the websites are, are correct. It just usually takes about a month. It's been about three weeks. I said, thank you very much. I go back, return that piece of paper to that black lady, and she winks at me. And I said, thank you very much for looking out for us. And she smiled, and she turned back around and started typing on her computer. I go back to the white woman. I said, she said, will you help us? I was helped. I said, thank you very much. I said, by the way, you have a lovely accent. Where are you from? She actually has a very thick accent. She said, my parents um, were from France and Germany. She said, but I was actually born in Chile. Now, this is really interesting to me because I'm not sure if anybody knows too much about World War II history. But after World War II, there were a lot of Nazi sympathizers who actually left and fled Europe. A lot of them actually went to South America. And she's old enough to have been that generation. And what a lot of people also don't know is that <clears throat> since uh, France wasn't necessarily sure what was going on, a lot of them paired up and married with um, German soldiers and things of that nature. So I was wondering if there was a little bit of that operating there with that woman in the front. I'm not certain, but I suspect it. But I'm very grateful that um, there was another victim there. Um, she stayed on code. She was able to help me. Um, I was able to stay on code. Um, I don't believe anyone suspected that she handed me this, this phone number, but, you know, this is a very complex system, and it is designed to make sure that you do not get help. These automated, these automated um, services, and we, we're always having to take off work and spend this time just to speak to somebody on the phone is a waste of your time and energy money um and that's just what i wanted to share with uh 
listeners. Thank you very much. Hmm. Thank you kindly for sharing context of white supremacy. I think I've said for uh, for years that uh, workplace racism, this is not, you know, for spectators. This is not for people to just tune in and listen. Oh, man, listen to some of the tribulations of the Negros for, you know, a little while on a Thursday evening. That's not what this is about, uh, that this is, you know, about sharing, because I think it's important uh, what the things that are happening to victims of white supremacy on the job whites are doing lots of the same things worldwide and i think frequently <clears throat> we don't talk about how we're being abused in these workplace situations so we don't realize yep they're doing a lot of the same things and we one could learn a lot about racism two could learn a lot about what it means to be white and three i think could learn some strategies to help us minimize some of these problems on the job while we continue to attempt to eliminate racism permanently uh, with what we just heard from our construction worker <clears throat> that looking for a reason to get rid of a black person. They've been doing that forever in the system of white supremacy, <clears throat> using tardiness uh, as justification. We've talked about that for years. I think uh, critically <clears throat> the inflating of the time uh, to say that, you know, he was over an hour late when it was only 20 minutes with all of the technology that they got now to, to ping where your cell phone was and everything else. I'm sure they had live time tweets and a helicopter overhead for the accident and everything to be able to say, oh, OK, yeah, there was an accident. And, you know, Nigger got here 20 minutes late, but we survived like, oh, no, 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 we're going to extend it. He was three hours late in the factory. all almost melted down. We think he was drunk, too. He smelled. I mean, just to add all of this in and then, oh, yeah, he was late. This is the 20th time this month uh, that he's lived. That is standard operating procedure where they will lie and if even let's say if you did do one thing incorrect it will turn into you did 20 things incorrect there were 20 different violations of policy and procedure this is the most recalcitrant employee that we've had we've told him about this 50,000 times and it keeps doing it keeps doing it keeps doing and we're just going to have the letter that is consistent that's why what i said with not being emotional if you're not emotion, I mean, these situations, wow, they're talking about terminating you or they did terminate you. It's a whole different thing to talk about being calm and to actually practice being patient in those circumstances to, well, wait a minute. Let me see the paperwork. If I've been late three times, uh, let's see, you know, so I know when those dates were. Oh, we don't even have the other dates. And then they don't send the information pattern there as well. Uh, oh, I was an hour and 10 minutes late. Oh, well, you know, let's get to that same thing. Let's get the information to see. If that's true uh, and consistently whites, they lie. That's the major uh, weapon uh, in the system of white supremacy. Great job with uh, getting all of that data and even noting that they lied saying, oh, yeah, we'll mail you your personal information. So you're there and then you never get uh, the information. I would guess maybe you could ask for both next time if they ask uh, email or text, do both. Maybe you get one. Uh, not the other, uh, just to have the records there. But uh, try. I think we talked before about our personal records. Uh, and trying to get those, if you can get access, that's another one. Whites, maybe they give it to you. Maybe they don't. That might be a good one to ask for before there's any trouble or chaos on the work. It might even be one that you want to request uh, maybe at least once a year just to see what's there. Uh, once, maybe twice a year just to see what's been added, what's there, just to check out that information uh, if you've been on a job for any length uh, of time. With the situation at the unemployment office, uh, again, great job being codified, being calm under very stressful 
uh, circumstances, I'm thankful uh, that there was another Black person who was there, exercised some Black self-respect uh, to try to help you out. I think, at least I've heard from other folks, that you know there are a lot of Black people. That's why they attempt to have these type of jobs, so that they can help out a Black person here or there uh, as they can. But I mean, in the system of white supremacy, I would think that that white woman, French, German, Chilean, whatever, race soldier, she probably had that other number. She could have probably done that. I think we've talked for years. That used to be one of Justice's hallmark questions about how do whites withhold constructive information. Just give out both. No, oh, this one isn't. Well, we got another number. You can try this one, too. Maybe maybe you'll have more success with that one. Whites do this all the time. Problems that could be, e and I mean like critical problems that could be easily solved where they will just sit there. And that's why when Mr. Fuller says the system of white supremacy is here because this is what whites want. They like it like this. They enjoy seeing black people suffer. I pick out illustrations like that. Something that simple. People at the unemployment office, they're in dire straits. I'm not saying our construction worker, but I mean, that's not something to play around with. You don't know if people, you know, got their bills paid and what their situation is. That's stressful. You don't want to be messing around with that. Nope. Got the other number. Probably got it right here in front of me. Got my dark shades on. Nope. Pretend I'm Stevie Wonder and can't see anything, nigga. Uh, if we have other folks, if you either have comments on what we've heard from folks who called in or wrote in, or if you have your own situation, if you have a hand up, line should be open. Proceed. Can I be heard? Retired firefighter in Florida. Greetings, sir. Greetings, sir, and greetings to uh, the other callers and listeners. Uh, yes, I, I will speak on the uh, the recent uh caller, the caller that just preceded me and the uh, first uh, person who wrote in, uh, make, uh, we, when, you, when, you go to, when you go on a job under, the glo- under this global system of racial white supremacy, uh, you are, are in a war time environment uh, because for the most part, and this is a byproduct of the system of racist white supremacy, the time that we spend the most around white people probably is in the workplace. Probably is in the workplace. So have a wartime uh, like mode uh, to uh, do the best you can into uh, not making it easy or easier for them to terminate you. Uh, uh, they can do that even without any cause, actually. That's the power of racist white supremacy as far as I understand. Uh, but, uh, work on the, the things that you, uh, can, uh, have some control over, uh, uh, when it comes to the distance you are from your workplace. And I would understand, I don't know too much about it, but I would think that in, in construction, uh, it changes, you know, because after you uh, participate in, in completing something, it's going to be somewhere else. Uh, maybe the night before or, you know, when, as soon as you get the location, practice going there, even practice going there or, or whatever. Check, check your transportation to make sure that it's functioning correctly. Now, all of these things, you know, you, you may, you may have already done. I don't know for sure. I don't know, but I'm just stating based on what I did 
when I was uh, employed uh, because uh, my uh, workplace would change uh, every now and then, and I would actually get out, get up and get out the night before and drive to the location, drive to the location, time it to see how much time it took me, uh, consider uh, on, well, let's say if I get a flat tire uh, or, or something, you know, else would take place. Uh, I think you mentioned, uh, I think he mentioned about uh, an accident that occurred, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and that would probably assist you into making it tougher for the racist to harm you, uh, in that way. And I just mentioned about tardiness, uh, but it's, it's a lot of other different things that uh, they make it they make it upon themselves to be an easy means to uh, terminate a, a non-white person. Uh, Uniform-wise, uh, just about most jobs have a uniform code, uh, and 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 if one violates it, it could it could even get to that point to where you can you can be uh, terminated. Uh, general behavior, you know that sort of thing. Uh, all of those things uh, play a part. General in, in the subject of general behavior, uh, uh, I, I pattern myself as like a, a soldier in this in this global war of racist white supremacy, and I am not going to allow my enemy to make me change my behavior because their behavior I expect their behavior to be incorrect. So in in turn, as a soldier, you come from the beginning, as Gus, Gus mentioned, and being courteous, because that's what a good soldier does. No, no, matter, no matter what the energy level is in that atmosphere, I'm going to be courteous. That sort of thing you have in your mind, you know, uh, so that, that takes care of the behavior situation. Like, mind you, like I said before, they can, they can terminate us, you know, find a way to terminate us, anybody, but you'll make it more tougher, you know, as far as they're concerned. The first, the first, uh, uh, situation uh, that you reported. Uh, uh, I was just thinking about the uh, white female. Uh, when she goes home, uh, the person that she picked, the non-white person that she picked probably was a, a non-white person that is white identified, so she's not going to have any problem there because she has him un under pretty much, pretty well controlled uh, and actually, when she comes to work, it gives her the energy to mistreat non-white people and not worrying about when she comes home that her husband is going to be listening to the cows program. That ain't going to happen, you know, as far as that concern. Uh, 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 and, and in turn, for some reason, she wanted to uh, have two uh, non-white people come out of her vagina uh, also. Uh, so that is a dangerous white person is what I'm saying. Very dangerous white person. Uh, once again, wartime mode, wartime mode. I would suggest you take an inventory of everything that you say and do on that job. Put a check behind the things that you think you're doing correct. Put a minus behind the things that you're, you think you're doing uh, incorrect. And be very tough on yourself in that, in that light. Uh, and make adjustments. Same thing when you, you're not at work because you're going to need it. You're going to need a situation to whereas you do the best you, 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 you can 
to reduce the stress level. Uh, that that's a hey, soldiers go through that in war, you know, as far as that concern. And definitely, what I've been hearing so far today is that uh, uh, we're talking about wartime type of mode, and you're going to have to when you even when you're off duty, uh, you're going to have to work on uh, making an inventory of what you're doing that's correct, whether it's health wise, whether it's the 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 people that that you uh, you are in contact with, uh, uh, you know, or you know. Uh, maybe I need to uh, step up my exercise routine or, or, or you know, uh, eating habits, that sort of thing like that. Make a full inventory of it uh, because it, it sounds like with, 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 the, with the first call of the lady that it actually is a, is a, uh, uh, a, a, a employment to whereas she is probably doing well as far as the income and, and don't feel that is a good idea just to, I mean, because you can't always have a, have a solution to just to quit the job, you know, that sort of thing. You're going to have, you're going to have some problems no matter where you go. So th those are my suggestions on how you can kind of like make things, you know, as, as best as possible. And that's all I'd say right now. Thank you. Appreciate that uh, retired firefighter context of white supremacy. Uh, number again, six, four, one, seven, one, five, three, six, four, zero. The code five, six, four, nine, four, three pound. Press star six, one. If you would like to participate. Uh, great suggestions from retired firefighter. Uh, the only thing I would add with that uh, first scenario, that was the one where the white woman, uh, she's in a tragic arrangement <clears throat> and she was uh, blaming uh, or it seemed like she was especially terrorizing the black females on the job. And the victim who wrote in, she was being uh, abused by this racist woman, racist woman. Uh, when you know, sometimes you don't, but if you know there's a white person on the job and there's some sort of tacky, tragic arrangement, I would definitely asterisk there other non-white people on the job. You don't know if they know that information or not, but I would not at all uh, try to have any sort of dialogue or conversation that, oh, this person is a racist. If those other victims, if they know, oh, this person is in some sort of tragic arrangement for a lot of them, that's all they need to hear. Like suspicion, totally gone. I'm not interested in hearing any conversation about, you know, Jane being racist. Like, do what? She's married to you know, a black guy. They got two, you know, little gorgeous uh, mulatto children and such and such out there. What, what do you mean? She's she's the most unracist person ever. That's the type of thing that they'll say. Just keep that in mind uh, because that will probably just cause you a lot of problems trying to invest time and energy convincing other black people that, yes, even this white person is racist. And in fact, she's practicing racism against us right now. I would not invest one second of energy trying to convince any non-white person on the job of that. Uh, other folks, if you dialed in with a hand up, if we've not heard from you at all, if you have commentary you'd like to share, uh, proceed. Have you heard? Uh, greetings, Red in Nevada. Hello, thank you for taking my call. Hello, everyone. Um, I. I was just thinking about the first situation with the person who wrote in. Um, 
I'm still trying to ponder on maybe a response other than just um, maybe thinking of like a response to give her should something come out because sometimes like with white women they like to assume or if they they feel like you are um, going to possibly accuse them of practicing racism um, then they that's their opportune time to bring up the fact that they are sexually um, suing a non-white person especially if it's a person of you know your same quote-unquote race so just um, maybe even thinking of uh, responses to uh, say back um, in, of course, a codified way, but I'm still not sure as far as uh, what else can be done um, for that. And definitely, I'm sorry to hear about the construction worker, but it, um, I actually have a, a situation at my job where um, I'm kind of actually running into things where it's not in the policies and procedures, because that's definitely something that I focus on when it comes to how to um, actually do the job correctly. And then also like HR type of situations, time and stuff like that. And a while back, um, my manager said that you were not supposed to clock in early, but if we clock in a minute late, then that can go into our file as far as being late in so many patterns, um, then um, you can be terminated or um, it can also um, cause you to get um, marks against you as far as being late, like, um, you know, once you get so many points or occurrences or whatever, then that's when they'll fire you for that. Not just, um, it could be, it could be one of two things. So you might not have any like points against you as far as being tardy, but, um, just because we see that they're just because they can see that there's a pattern, then they could fire you for that. So definitely agree with the firefighters saying that, you know, they really can fire you for anything, especially with the right to work states. Uh, so um, she, the manager recently told me that she was having to go back through people's records and taking off different um, tardy marks against them for like being one or two minutes late because of some computer issues, which company knows of the computer issues that they have, but it still, I guess, automatically uh, racks up um, party points against you. Uh, the one thing um, I have been doing a lot better, and it, it is hard for me, um, but I have been doing a lot better with at least saying, you know, good morning to these suspected racists. And sometimes I really just have to, you know, do self-talk like a few minutes before I get to the work area saying, okay, you have to remember, say hello to these people, even though you don't really, you know, um, want to deal with these races. So I have been doing that. Uh, I also, um, I was kind of overhearing the conversation between uh, two races about um, how the bonuses are calculated. And right before they were going to start sharing their true feelings about it, other than just kind of complaining about um, how they weren't, they felt that they weren't giving enough. Then that's when they stopped the conversation. They're like, oh, well, we'll talk, you know, when we have our break time. So I've kind of, um, it, it, you know, it makes sense. Of course, they keep pertinent information to themselves. Um, and this was actually between two white women and then a person who may be classified as white. So I thought that that was interesting. The other thing was um, I did, I don't want to necessarily say I got reprimanded, but I did get like a notice about um, something that I did during the job. And I asked specifically in a calm way, 
where is this in the policies and procedures? And they're like, oh, well, it's not really in there. Uh, we spoke to someone who was a little bit more tenured, and they said that this is just something that, that we do, and which did not make sense to me at all. And this was, um, I was asking a uh, someone who I assume would be considered white, a white manager about this. And I, it, was a, it was a woman, uh, quote unquote, maybe. And she was like, I guess, trying to be reassuring as, you know, white women, because I kind of feel like maybe she does operate as a white woman. Um, how she was like, well, you know, don't worry about it. You know, it's not going to affect your pay. But I also had to um, acknowledge that I did get this um, information that I handled the situation wrong, even though there's no policies and procedures about it. All they did was go to someone else who was there for a little longer and said, oh, okay, well, this is what we do. So if it's something that, that if, it's a, if it's a procedure that we do, then it should then be in the policies and procedures and not just, you know, just, uh, you know, word of mouth, basically. But basically that didn't get anywhere because they felt that, you know, since it's not really going to affect my pay, which they say, you know, just kind of just not, not even worry about it. So I will, I'm trying to figure out maybe like when I have like a, a meeting with my supervisors, try to bring it up again on um, like how to really address that. And one other thing that I noticed was that um, all of the assistant supervisors are white. And I don't know why I didn't notice it until one of them left. And then they started to um, interview for, um, to fill that person's slot and, I overheard some uh, victims talking about how they applied for it, and there's some, um, and they didn't seem too hopeful about uh, getting the position. So I'll definitely um, try to keep an ear out as far as who they decide to fill that white person spot. And I'll meet my line. Thank you for allowing me to share. Hmm. Much obliged. <clears throat> uh, I'm <clears throat> not surprised about that either. These <clears throat> phantom reprimands that whites hand out when they have policy and procedure. That's another way, in my view, of whites withholding constructive information. If it's some sort of policy and procedure, or this is our ritual for this particular corporate environment, <clears throat> it should be codified. It shouldn't be something where just, you know, a handful of folks with this esoteric information uh, hold this and don't write it down to share with anybody until it's going to be to their detriment. They let you know after the, oh, you messed up, you blew it. This isn't going to mess your raise, but you sure did blow it on that one. This is not how we do it. Why not write that down and let me know ahead of time so that we could all be trained correctly about what the rituals are in this environment. Whites do that all the time, all the time. And I mean, that's something, if it's really minor, then that's something you could just come and tell everybody. Why not just come and tell everybody? Oh, we seem like a few folks didn't know this. It's not in policy and procedure. This is what it is. So if you run into this down the road, this is the way that we do it in this environment until you hear otherwise. Real simple. No, we like to make it a, even give the feel of a disciplinary issue that get to lash a nigra today for messing up on the job. They love that. So And again, to have us off balance thinking, oh, man, am I going to be fired? Am I not going to get my raise? And that's a, they love to keep that sort of tension on black people in the workplace, really, throughout the world in the system of white supremacy. Uh, other folks that we missed uh, completely, much obliged, Red, for sharing. Uh, if you have either your own, own situation that you want to discuss or if you want to talk about some of the situations other folks are dealing with, feel free. Yes. 
Can I be heard? Yes, sir. All right. I hope everyone is having a pretty okay day. And I'm sorry if you're not. Um, I heard this, um, the person was speaking about the situation of trying to get their benefits. Um, that is very, very unfortunate. Um, especially when dealing with, like, because I've been in that, well, I haven't been in that particular situation. Well, I've gotten benefits before, but I don't remember it being that bad. And I'm sorry to hear that it was bad as it was and that someone who should have helped you did not help you. Um, I've been in my current job for about three and a half years now. And I remember my manager coming through me and everyone else, everyone at the same time in my department about people coming late. And um, he said it to all of us at the same time. And this is a white person. So I personally appreciated that. But ever since then, one thing I've done over the last couple of years is that I record what time I get to work. And I record what time everyone at my job gets to work. So if it ever comes a situation where someone tries to approach me individually about my own tardiness, which is not happening because I'm getting to work on time, I'll have um, a record of um, everyone's um, attendance around me, which is very interesting because one of the people in my department, of our four-person department, um, she is the um, daughter of the county deputy administrator, and she's occasionally almost every day a couple minutes late. So if anyone ever comes to me about tardiness, I'll be bringing out my records. In any case, um, I have a story from um, yesterday, and I'll read it out loud. On Wednesday, July 11th, I participated in a gentrification field trip and panel. The field trip consisted of a bus ride through gentrifying black neighborhoods and was followed by a panel discussion of, import of the importance of transportation and affordable housing. The field trip lasted a little over an hour in which we were driven through multiple neighborhoods throughout the city demonstrating the efforts to combat gentrification. This reminded me of white people giving tours of Harlem like the black people there constituted the zoo. We saw houses that were newly built and houses that were condemned but possibly had someone living in them even if the houses are boarded up. We saw all this from the windows of the van we were drive riding in. As this ride was happening, we were reading a report that talks about the demographics like income levels, people making less than 35,000K and as low as 10,000K a year if they were lucky, when the median income for the county is 47K. One in two people didn't have a high school diploma, high crime rates, and a couple of other demographic indicators. The panel discussion consisted of three panelists, the director of public transportation, the coordinator of a homeless nonprofit, and the director of a local ministry. Predetermined questions were proctored by the public transportation marketing specialist before questions were opened to the floor. There were 14 people that were allowed to participate in the field trip as, there, as that, that, that was the capacity of the van. I was one of two black people who was able to register for the van. The second was a local activist in the region and she asked two questions. Were people from the county able to participate in a process for changing the current bus route? And two, are there any black people in decision-making positions? For the first question, the answer was yes. And the question was first answered by the director of public transportation, but the activist would not relent even though she had the answer she heard um, um, to her first question. So the activist continued badgering the public transportation director, even getting a bit of an um, emotional rise out of him. Then other people from the field trip, not even on the panel, felt the need to answer the activist question. Yes, white people were forming Voltron before my, my very eyes. 
The second question is where the waste planning began. The director of transportation said that his staff is 44% black. The public transportation department consists of bus drivers, mechanics, dispatchers, and the administrative staff, but the original question was how many black people are in a, make a decision-making position. At this point, the director of the ministry decided to answer the question and said, yes, we have black people in decision-making positions, but none are present at the panel discussion right at that moment. Then the activist amended her question to the third panelist asking why the white woman, the director of a homeless program, when the people who are homeless are black? Why is it when it's time to work, black people volunteer and white people get jobs? Fast forward to the end of the panel discussion. The activist and I are having a conversation and the public transportation marketing specialist joins letting the activists know that public meetings were held all over the community at different times, days, and locations to give black people an opportunity to chime in on the transit routes in the region. And then we are joined by one of the other participants on the field trip who also happens to be the director of a nonprofit that helps people who are elderly and disabled. By the way, she is one of the white people that helped to form Voltron for the most part, the conversation was a fruitless one. Nevertheless, the public transportation marketing specialist said that if black people want to participate more, one thing they could do is participate by becoming members on local boards in the government. I responded by saying that these board positions are also unpaid volunteer positions. Another thing the public transportation marketing specialist said that there are five administrative staff in the public transportation department and one is black. I responded by saying that is incorrect. The one staff member you are talking about told me himself that he does not identify as black. He identifies as Hispanic. Then she said, but he has a parent from outside the country, but she could not remember from where. I reiterated again that he himself said that he does not identify as black. So if a cop were to pull him over at 2 a.m. in the morning, I suspect he'd be classified as black. I wish I would have thought to ask. How do you know he's black when he himself said he identified as a Hispanic? Also, the other woman who came in on the conversation chimed in. Keep in mind that the activist was asking about black people, for which the other woman responded to her, um, to her something about people of color. Eventually, the conversation was distracted when the second woman said something about seeing a bumper sticker on a card that said, in a peaceful society, there's no need for police and prisons, to which the activist revealed it was her bumper sticker in her car. They, then they started having a conversation about the state's reentry board for released prison slaves. To me, this whole process was an example of white paternalism, white splitting, and white people having each other's backs. And that is the end of my story. I'll meet my line. Hmm. Well. Uh, asking questions uh, can be constructive in any environment. Uh, a lot of times when they have those type of meetings, I think you were saying it was already restricted about the number of people that they could fit on the van or whatever the transportation was to this event. Uh, sometimes they restricted by even who they allow to ask questions uh, at those events. A lot of times they don't just allow anyone to get up and grab the microphone and say what they want or, or ask a question or what have you. A lot of times that is just uh, racial pyrotechnics. They want to get a good PR event to show, oh, this is great urban renewal. And they'll even have a few black people do some racial showcasing to make it seem like the Negroes will be staying and doing well. They'll show a black person who's had a house there for two or three years or whatever the case is. But 
I'm glad folks are able to go and ask questions. Uh, that is grand. Uh, if other folks uh, have comments on what has been shared, uh, what they've heard thus far, feel free. Oh, and words are very important. That was a huge one that I was going to add, particularly for what we just said, uh, what was just shared. Words are so important uh, using correct words. I think we've had uh, that crop up in a lot of different ways. Words and even uh, racial classifications, very important extremely important to not even just be tossing around racial uh, classifications when we're talking about other individuals, because that was crucial uh, to have someone uh, suspected racist uh, identify someone as black. And then to know that I've talked to this person and they do not identify as black. That would have been a great question to ask. How did they conclude that this is a black person when this individual themselves or this individual does not identify as black themselves. That would have been a great question, but even without that question, great counter-racism science uh, and just recognizing that and the importance uh, of words and the importance of, of racial classification. Those are words too, but very, very important. Be mindful of that. Really be paying attention and alert uh, when folks are talking, especially on the job. Uh, other people that have dialed in, if you have a hand up, if you have comments on what's been shared thus far, or if you have your own situation, proceed. I guess. Stacy in the UK, see if we can get our timestamp to 24 a.m. Friday morning. Hello to you, Gus, and to the rest of the callers. And apologies for last week. You gave me such an um, extensive introduction, and then I wasn't on the line, um, which I actually, <coughs> excuse me, um, put down to a combination of uh, the effects of racism, white supremacy, in that the reason why I am able to join so regularly to this call uh, program, even though the time difference is so huge, is because actually I suffer from insomnia um, due to the impact of the racist terrorism. Um, but also, it was actually quite hot last week. Um, it's still quite warm, but it was. Um, extremely hot last week so my sleep patterns were even more disrupted because of that um but i do appreciate being able to join this program um because it has helped me deal with a lot of what i'm going through and there's been much discussion on this program about whether or not to discuss racism in the workplace and i used to do so i have reached the conclusion that um, it is not wise to do so um, and that is my new code so hopefully sharing my experiences on this program is one of my contributions to countering the system of racism um, in terms of uh, before I go into my update um, I'm sorry to hear about the construction worker being terminated. Um, I can only imagine it's incredibly stressful. Um, and it sounds like he's getting some support from his union, which is um, a good thing, although I have very poor opinions of unions. But it does sound like over the period his union has been supportive if you know not entirely effective but um 
yeah, I do, I do wish him well. Um, and in terms of some of the earlier callers, um, I mean, I think I think it was the person who worked in the university who was being told about her demeanour being calm, and that's one thing she's got going for her. And I I, I liken that to the um, comments made to the person who works in the Florida courthouse being told that he he smiles but they never see any other emotion out of him it's just obviously um, suspected racists um, actually watching and observing because they clearly are not getting the desired effect or the expected stereotypical emotional um, response that they are hoping for as a way of um, then enacting their, I would guess, standard racist practice to terminate on the basis of an emotional outburst. So in that regard, she and the corridor, uh, sorry, the Florida courthouse person uh, are doing extremely well and remaining on cold, so congratulations to them. And I think it was Red Nevada who was talking about having to practice her code in being more, um, I, you know, I guess, cordial, um, for want of a better description, with uh, the risks that she works with and just practicing that. Um, I completely concur and understand how difficult that can be, having been on the receiving end of the racist terrorism. They terrorise you and then they want you to smile with them and hang out. Um, and there's nothing worse than that. But... At the same time, I, I, you know, I think this program is a good example of how that can be done and the way that you interact with some of the suspected racists you interviewed, um, Gus, and how your demeanour um, is always consistent. And I think that does stand as a, um, you know, a, a regular example of how it can be done. Um, I went back to work this week. Um, probably over 10 months now, um, having been withheld from the workplace. Um, I was working two days a week, two days this week, one day in the office and one day from home. And next week it will be three days. This is an arrangement with the uh, suspected racist organisation that I work for. Um uh, so three days next week, and it'd be two days in the office and one day from home. But I obviously get paid for full time for both weeks. This is part of the transition and me backing to the organisation. Um, so much has gone on over the period. Um, I wouldn't even know where to start in terms of <laughs> just talking about it. And, and to be honest, it's still ongoing. Um but I do understand last week where I think it was a caller who called in about his father who had been in an accident and or been, been ill and had determined that whatever he did in the future would not involve working in a corporate office environment because it's so toxic. And, I, do, you know, as we've always talked about, it is so difficult to be in those environments and I 
went back in this week and my very first meeting was with the violent, aggressive director. Um, and I did raise concern about this matter with HR, given that we are due to have what is called mediation. Um, the mediation wasn't arranged as yet, um, which is one thing I challenged because the, what they would t had actually told me was that they would organise mediation. Um, well, sorry, just to go back a bit, I actually had a meeting on the 31st of May with HR where I was told, oh, we're going to bring you in probably on the 4th of June, which is like two or three days away, you know, working days away, minus the weekends. Um, but I think it was a way of, according to my union rep, them just trying to play hardball. Um, so I said, but obviously I wasn't going to say, no, I'm not going to bring you to work. Um, but what they said was, and we'll put in some mediation with you and your new line manager. And the new line manager was not named in the grievance. So it was particularly um, confusing to me as to why they were putting in mediation with me and somebody who I didn't put in any kind of grievance or raise. I mean, I did raise concerns about her behaviour because she was part of the team, but it wasn't a formal grievance. But they weren't going to do anything with the people who were named in the grievance, including the suspected, not actually, no, she's not suspected, racist, aggressive director. So um, I asked them, well, what's your plan? And she said, well, the mediation, you know, we'll arrange it uh, subject to the availability of the um, mediator. But probably about two weeks into you coming in. Now, because of the fact that the grievance wasn't upheld, they're using that as a way of saying, well, we don't want to talk about anything in the past anymore. You know, it wasn't upheld. So I said, well, and this is all my learning from the cows. And the, the grievance process was a farcical, nonsense, fraudulent, corrupt process. But I said, well, the grievance wasn't found in my favour, i.e. that they said there was no evidence of what I, the issues that I'd raised. But what it also did not say was that what I, the matters that I raised did not happen. Which then meant <clears throat> she had to leave that room and say she, you know, uh, she would um, be coming back to me as soon as possible um, because it is the organisation's right to bring me back in. So I said, well, I don't exactly know why you're raising that matter with me, even though I didn't have any choice in the organisation keeping me out of the um uh, sorry, management keeping me out of the organisation for the best part of 10 months. Why are you telling me that? Um, and obviously, there was no response to that. Um, and uh, so she said she would be coming back as soon as possible. I didn't hear from her for another 22 days. So it was on the 22nd of June that I finally got a response. And obviously, I was emailing in between what, what's happening. So then I get another nonsense response basically saying that um, they are now considering putting in uh, mediation with the people concerned and not the new line manager and um, what is it oh subject to the availability of the uh, mediator it will be within two weeks 
Um, so I did raise the matter over our head because um, that's a piece of nonsense because it's essentially, well, that means it may never happen, basically. Um, so you're not going to play games with me. And also, what is the content of this mediation? Because I fail to understand how mediation is going to deal with people's violent behaviour. I can see how they might propose mediation for some of the other issues, but not violent behaviour. Um, nobody can explain that one to me as yet. So anyway, um, I had the meeting with Race's director yesterday, no, sorry, Tuesday, and it was an interesting meeting. I won't go through all the details today because I've been speaking quite a bit, but one of the interesting things coming out of that conversation was um, she now wants to, or she offered, not which I, I guess wasn't really an offer, um, to meet with me on a regular basis. Now, bearing in mind, I've never had meetings with her before. If I have, they've involved other managers and they've been, you know, specific to projects that I'm working on. I have a line manager. I have a head of team. Why do I need to have regular meetings with this director? What are the basis for these meetings? Which I, you know, she, you know, I did ask. She says, oh, well, it's, uh, you know, just so that she can keep an eye on things so that, you know, there are no issues. Um, and so I, um, you know, I, 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 I agree to it, but I know that if I'm not comfortable with it, I will go back and say something because I do actually think it's highly inappropriate. Now, my assessment of that is that over this period, I have completely changed my approach in that I am not having conversations about it. I mean, I haven't been in the office, but where people have been reaching out to me, I'm not having conversations with any non-white person about matters to do with the, the, the reasons why I've not been in the office and grievance and any other detail. And I intend to operate that way going forward. Um, and I think she completely underestimated the response that she would have got from me because they have been torturing me for three years. And um, I guess even racists get complacent. I suspect she thinks this needs, needs closer inspection and she doesn't want to rely on her usual um, methods. So she wants first-hand observation of me and her way of doing that is to pull me into meetings um, with her for regular catch-ups. So we shall see. Um, but, you know, I went into the office and I'm... What I did do is do my preparation beforehand, so very similar to some of the suggestions earlier today. I watched the first half of the spook who sat by the door because he was very codified in the way he engaged with the suspected racists in that office. Um, I was thinking all about the cows all the way through that first day. Not my office, not my desk, not my projects, not anything. And where even the people who are involved in the um terrorizing me for the last three years came up to me and spoke to me because they are very refined and you know the, you know it's about mirroring their behavior because they can smile and terrorize you at the same time 
So I acted in the similar codified way. I mean, I'm not going to be excessively smiley, but I'm going to be courteous. Um, but I'm in my line there, guys, because I've been speaking for a while. Oh, sorry, one question. Um, I'm interested if anybody has been involved in any mediation process and whether uh, people have got any feedback on how those processes uh, or their experience of mediation, basically. I'm in my line, guys. Hmm. Much obliged, Stacey, in the UK. Uh, do we have callers, if you have any experience uh, with the mediation prog- uh, mediation process on the job, if you have any suggestions or experience that you can share uh, on that particular subject matter, give us a jingle, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. If we have any folks, if you have mediation uh, experience, you would like to share. Uh, I also think uh, something really important that Stacy shared there uh, in terms of sharing with other non-white people. I think she started off her commentary saying that uh, she kind of updated her code. I was going to talk about that. Uh, she updated her code to no longer talking about racism, white supremacy on the job. And at the conclusion of her commentary, she said with with her experience, now that she's back on the job or, or transitioning back to being in the in the office space, that she is not going to discuss uh, her mediation pro- process and what all this uh, what all she has gone through with it. She's not going to talk about this with other non-white people on the job. And to me, that is counter racist logic for a lot of the reasons that we've talked about for years. Uh, I think Stacy herself has talked to us about times where she concluded that whites on the job, they were using other victims of white supremacy to try to extract information from her or to at minimum, they were going to be the folks to go out and do the spying and reporting back to racist woman and racist man about what Stacy was doing or what's going on in the workplace. Just having that in mind, no way. Uh, I, In my view, you are never uh, discussing any sort of uh, mediation process or anything. If you are having any sort of conflict uh, and looking for a resolution in the workplace, that's between you and whoever is solving the problem. I would not be talking about that at all. Uh, I think that's one that's come up before uh, as well from listeners on the program. Uh, great job just asking questions and even with the quote unquote grievance. That's another term that I would recommend not using, picking on grievances, uh, any of that. Uh, We're we're not talking about something from primary school. We're talking about terrorism and torture. Uh, But the quote unquote grievance situation to say, well, hey, it wasn't founded, but they did not conclude that I was fabricating uh, these allegations either. Uh, And what's the response going to be? And then it takes a month for them to come back and come up with a decision on that. So just outstanding job being calm asking questions uh and using counter-racist logic i cannot say that enough use logic kind it's been my experience the calmer that i can stay where you're not upset where you can just think what did they say what are the words that they use what has been presented to you if they have made a charge what's the allegation what are the terms that they're using and you can just evaluate that make sure we're using correct terms do we need a definition is there an allegation do you have evidence just fundamentals about things that you can ask and inquire when you know racism is afoot but mediation any folks uh, who dialed in do you have uh, experience 
with mediation you would like to share? Can you hear me, Gus? Yes, ma'am. Hi, it's a caller from Virginia. Thank you for reading my email earlier. I do not have experience with mediation, but um, you had asked if I could kind of talk a little bit about the policy and procedures and how I've been utilizing that. And it's interesting because the policy and procedure came to me because they were trying to, this is probably about maybe about eight months ago, someone was trying to make a point that I wasn't doing something correctly. So rather than having a conversation with me about it, they just kept throwing this policy document at me and saying, we've reviewed this with you, so make sure that you know, you know what it is you're supposed to do. So in this situation, what did I do? Pulled up that same document and then used it to my advantage in this. Well, I wouldn't say it's to my advantage because you know, we're not at the advantage, but um, I used it um, in this particular circumstance. And there, there are a few things that, that have been happening that I think are a theme. Um, they certainly try to, you know, we talk about confusion a lot, but this is, this is a tactic. So um, my boss on Monday, she tried to confuse things by, you know, asking me to write the email and then telling me that it wasn't ready, calling me and asking me to come over to her office and just, you know, a lot of things that were um, abrupt and you know not planned out so i had to really kind of take a step back and say okay um i can have a meeting with you but let's do it tomorrow which gave me some more time to prepare and to you know pull up some information and pull up some emails and whatnot so i think just taking time sometimes you know to kind of focus because it can be extremely stressful and i was very upset about all of this that was happening um but i think that she was surprised when I came into the meeting on Tuesday with the policy and procedure because I hadn't notified her that I was going to deal with that particular document. I had given her some indication of the things that I wanted to discuss, but I didn't give her everything. So when I walked into the meeting and I handed her the piece of the paper, she was like, oh, okay, well, hold on. Let me, let me just read this for a minute. And then I think that she kind of um, also was taken aback in a way because she wasn't expecting that. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting. We have to, you know, be so careful with them because they are ready to change the rules at any time. So even though we were talking about the policy and procedure, she then said, well, we can't always deal with policy and procedure. Sometimes we <laughs> have to look at, you know, other things, and it's not always going to be about that. So, you know, they just change things so that you can be confused and be off guard and not know what it is that your next move is gonna be. So I think the calm demeanor is very helpful. Um, even if after the meeting or after the situation, you have to go out and you know, talk to your friends or talk to your, your cl close family or whomever and have your emotions dealt with in that manner or in that area and not deal with it in front of the boss. But I did want to, um, there was a male caller who said something about bringing out records of other people who are sometimes tardy and I'm curious how that would go for you because um, I think sometimes, and, and my manager, my boss, she said this to me when I was, you know, kind of saying, well, wait a second, you know, what are the rules? Aren't, aren't the rules the same for everybody or are there different rules for different people? She said to me, her response was, well, you should, you should really just 
pay attention to yourself. So I think that you want to be careful. That caller who said that he was going to be tracking what other people are doing, just be careful because at some point, if you do decide to bring up what other people are doing, um, they could always look at you and say, well, you know, you don't need to be worried about what other, other people are doing. We're dealing with what you're doing. So um, just something to be aware of. And that's about it. I'll mute my line. Wow. Much obliged for the details uh, with policy and procedure that uh, in my when when you asked about policy and procedure about the, this white woman thiefing the, the client for the gift, the smaller gift and the response, it seems she was caught off guard by having to review the policy and procedure. And then for her to say, well, sometimes we, we have to veer from policy and procedure. It can't exactly be uh, by the book. Uh, I would want to know, are there other circumstances that you can let me know when we need to deviate from policy and procedure when it's because generally what happens when we deviate from policy and discreet policy and procedure means it's going to be discretion, racist discretion about what happens. That is never going to benefit a non-white person. But yeah, any any time a white person in a workplace situation, at least in my view, uh, if they're saying something that sounds like this is a situation where we're not exactly going to go by policy and procedure. Why not? And are there any other circumstances that you can let me know right now where we deviate from policy and procedure? So I'll know that in the future. That's one. The other one, when they uh, in any situation in a work environment where they start talking about, oh, just focus on yourself. Don't you know compare yourself. I would write that down. That is huge uh, because whites know that is nonsense uh, in the workplace. Anytime you start talking about productivity and people are late, you are looking at what other employees are doing. Now, if everybody is showing up at work, if we start at nine and everybody shows up uh, at nine oh two, well, then how am I going to single out Roger and say that you're late and ignore that everybody comes in at nine oh two? That is not I would write. You don't have to say that. And I certainly wouldn't encourage, but I would write that down. Uh, That sounds like someone who wants to practice racism, white supremacy and mistreat you because they know that is nonsense. Whites compare other employees to one another all the time. How would you get productivity rates uh, for employees if you're not making comparison about how much work this person gets done between nine to five? How much how much work this person gets done between nine and five? Unless I am in error. Uh, the caller in Virginia really quick, is the competition still going on, uh, between you and the coworkers over these Uh, years? Well, we ended it, um, June 30th. That was the end of our fiscal year. I came in number two out of about maybe 15 or 16 people. Um, so there was only one person who raised more money than me. And I think it's an, it's certainly an issue for them because I've noticed in my career that when you start performing at a level that is beyond what they expect. They do try to find things to irritate you. So you would think, okay, you know, she's number two. Let's congratulate her. Let's give her some space. Let's not, you know, focus on little things that are insignificant. Let's not, you know, no. I was number two, but I'm still being harassed. So, yeah. Number two, Negra system of white supremacy. Uh, pretty consistent. Congratulate. And I mean, that's with the thief and white woman. She stole the 300. I mean, hey, you could have been number one if we didn't have all the, the thiefing and stealing uh, that's been going on throughout this entire competition. I would expect more of that it, just from what it sounds like if if they're that irate 
that you came in second uh, in this competition with all of the, the torturing and terrorism and mischief that you had to endure. I don't know if there's another round or, you know, you all just restart the competition all over again, but uh, I would expect even yeah, more. It's, it's annual. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would expect even more. I am sure you, there are probably a good 13 other whites in your office. I don't know if you're the only black person, but my guess. Uh, if I it's, am. Okay. Yeah. If it's 13 other white people on that list, they're furious and probably whoever is number one, they're furious too. That the Negro was that close to me after we stole all of her gifts and everything. Do you know where the, the white chick, the, the race soldier who stole the 300,000, where did she finish? Interestingly enough, we never see any of her numbers reported. Hmm. She's exempt from public displays of numbers. So I don't know what she's doing. Wow. Don't want her compared to other employees. How about that? Racist woman. Context of white supremacy. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, other uh, mediation. Make sure I do not forget that. Uh, much obliged to our uh, caller in Virginia, both for the write-in and the, the follow-up call-in. Do we, if we have anybody who has mediation experience, Stacy would be uh, super appreciative. Mediation experience. See a few other folks dialed in with hands up. Mediation experience, if we have any folks with that. I'll prompt again as as we proceed. Uh, Still looking for mediation uh, experience. If there are other folks who dialed in with a hand up that we've not heard from, if you have commentary you would like to share, proceed. May I be here? Greetings, Ivy. Greetings, Gus, and greetings to all the callers uh, on the line. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask the uh, issue with regard to um, what some people are allowed to do and some people are not. Uh, Gus, didn't Nelly Fuller Jr. point out that that is actually a matter of uh, equal treatment under the law? Yes, ma'am. That's how I've heard him uh, reference that with the 14th Amendment, uh, that that's how you make sure that justice, uh, that we are striving towards justice, that everybody, uh, the laws are being applied equally to everyone. Absolutely. Okay, because I was just going to quickly say that, I mean, I thought that your your advice was actually brilliant, um, not to necessarily speak on it right then, but to document it um, for the future, if they try to terminate you on, you know, these types of grounds or things of that nature, maybe you can uh, use that in a lawsuit as far as equal treatment of the law. Um, I don't know, you know, in terms of bringing that up right when it happens, if saying that in particular about equal treatment under the law, if that will, you know, cause, you know, new problems. But I guess that could possibly be an option. But if not, again, you can you know, possibly use it in, in, in litigation. So it uh, makes me think of what you said about how they know, you know, that that's, that's nonsense. And they will, if they, if they think that you are ignorant and they probably assume that you are because they control all the information anyway, they will lie, which is what that person did, uh, that race soldier did. They lied. She lied when she said, you know, you don't need to be worried about what other people are doing because she was saying that, that that's irrelevant and it's not. And uh, that's all I had. And I'll, I'll mute my line. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Gus. Indeed. Indeed. 
Uh, other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, if we've not heard from you at all, certainly if we have any folks with mediation experience, chime in. Uh, but if we have not heard from you at all, go ahead and speak up now. Yes, sir. Yes, well, greetings, Gus, and greetings to the callers. Um, I'm retired from the New York courts. So they're supposed to be promoting justice, but they're promoting, quote, fairness, unquote. So uh, one thing I'm going to say is, is, you know, I grew up very white identified. Um, I went to school with white people from the second to the eighth grade. They actually kind of did like a trick baby situation where white people came to my school in Harlem and saw my test scores and convinced my mother to send me to a white school in lower Manhattan. Uh, grew up white, very white identified. Um, ended up uh, taking a test for a court officer and going into the courts. Um, when I was in the academy, the president of the union, who was Irish, came into the, into the academy and spoke to us about the, about the union. But one of the things he said was how, um, he asked the question, how many people found out about this job in a bar? And a lot of the white guys, Irish guys, raised their hands. And then, he, you know, so, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I realized that he was not really talking to the non-white people in the room at all. He was telling the, the white people, especially the Irish people, that we run these courts. And so, you know, that's why you heard about it. And he started mentioning other jobs, like the post office in New York, how, you, how a lot of white Irish go into those jobs. Um, so, you know, after graduating academy, I went to uh, the Bronx courts and the captain told me, uh, I had this white female terrorist who I was working with when I was in training, that on the job training after you graduate from the academy. And she was supposed to be showing me how to run the, the courtroom. And every day from about 12 o'clock to about three o'clock, she would disappear. Now lunch is from one to two, but she would disappear from 12 o'clock to three o'clock. And her locker room was right next door to the courtroom we were working in. And, you know, I found out eventually that she was going into the locker room and watching the soap operas on television, you know, as opposed to being in the courtroom with me. So I complained about it. And the captain told me that he was going to get me fired. So, you know, I gave a very codified response. While everybody else didn't have to be where they're supposed to be until 930 and they can go and have two hour lunches and things like that. You know, I was showing up in my uniform, nine o'clock, one minute, one o'clock, you know, two o'clock, leaving at five o'clock as opposed to being able to sign out, you know, whenever you were, you were done for the day. So a lot of white people walking out the door three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon and going for the day. Anyway, so um, I realized that, uh, you know, it was like this movie called The Guard. Um, Don Cheetah was talking and the Irish dude said, racism, racism is part of my culture. You know, it, the book Five Points, they talk about how, you know, these people, after they won their war amongst each other for control of New York, you know, they decided who's going to be the commissioner, this, that, another thing. And, you know, still like that in 2018, they, you know, they have a judicial commission on minorities and they, they write reports and they talk about how to you know, increase ethnic diversity in the courts. But, you know, again, no one's in the court system, they had a report in 1988. And in that report, they talked about how 
they had the word nigger on the wall, how they used to, you know, perp, you know, all type of, and this is in the areas where the public couldn't go. This is only in areas where only court personnel could go. And so it had to be court personnel writing this type of graffiti. And, you know, Baba Baruti talks about the graffiti that, that white people write and, you know, how degrading and, and, and terroristic it could be. Um, so, you know, I, I read this book called uh, The Psychopathic Racial Personality, and that kind of stuck in my mind. So, you know, of course, I'm attempting to help non-white people navigate through the courts. But you mentioned the 14th Amendment. And, you know, we talk about how words are important in the system of racism and white supremacy. But those words in that document are not English. They are legal ease. You have to go into a dictionary in order to define those words. They have a separate dictionary for that. Um, <laughs> the name of that dictionary is called <laughs> Black's Law Dictionary. Right? So, it, you know, they have white persons defined. You know, that's why when you see this, those words that are on the census, they're there for a reason because that's how they, things are legally defined. So, you know, they use words in order to confuse people. So, I eventually retired because, you know, I was interested in, uh, <laughs> we had a case in the Bronx where a boy was playing football and the boy hit the cop's car and the cop killed the boy. So the cop was on trial for murder. After the trial was over and the cop was acquitted, now, of course, all the court officers knew he was going to be acquitted in advance because we had to prepare security for the backlash. Right, so we knew what the judge's decision was going to be before the judge announced it to the public. Okay, so we had all these security stations, and when the cops were walking out of the courtroom, one of the cops said, "That's the way we get rid of spicks in the Bronx." And somebody punched him in the face. Riots starts. I was injured. Normally, when officers get injured with that injury, they get three quarters. They get to go out. But, you know, obviously, things don't work the same for non-white people. You know, they will, you know, obviously, withhold information. I give you the best uh, assistance. And so eventually, you know, after 20 years in the court system, I leave. But nothing has changed. You know, uh, you know again, uh, the, the way they do things, even with mediation, you know, uh, there was a, a white officer, he called a black officer um, a house nigger. He said that he was repeating something that he heard another non-white inmate say to the officer. The officer, the, the black officer said that, you know, he thought that was incorrect. And I was a part of a, a thing called the Tribune Society. In the course, the Tribune Society is the society for, for black people in order to try to get parity in the court system. Um, the tribunes are uh, the underclass of the Romans. And of course, you know, they run everything in their fascistic way, like fascism. And you see the, the fascism symbol everywhere. If you go, you know, all around the courts, even if you go look at the, the Congress, they have the fascist symbol in the Congress. They have the fascist symbol in the Emancipation Statue in, in Washington with Lincoln. You know, so Fascism is a part of this culture. It used to be on the back of a dime as well. So when they're running their thing, you know, they are, I, like I said, I was white identified. So after work, 
you know, we used to go to the bar and white people used to drink. But, you know, again, when I was in the academy, they said that's we used to share information, useful information to other white people about jobs and promotion. And while we were in the bar together, they never shared that type of information. Um, my, uh, what I thought, quote unquote, was my white friend, you know, one day uh, this woman complained <laughs> about me because she said that she didn't like the way I spoke to her. But I asked her, good morning, ma'am, how can I help you? She said, you can't talk to me like that. Now, this white male was, was, who was supposed to be my supervisor was over my shoulder. So he saw the whole exchange. He, he, he heard me be polite, asked him what she needed, and, you know, her responding, you know, you can't tell me, I'm going to speak to your supervisor. And I looked at him, and he said, yes, ma'am, can I help you? And he went and talked to his supervisor. So eventually they called me into the office, and he said to me, you have, quote, you have to remember you are a big black fellow. So you have to watch how you speak to people because you intimidate people. And I said, <laughs> I said, really? And the wife and I was in the room. I looked at her, and that's what we were saying. And, of course, the grieving process. But because if you're going to stay in, in any job situation, what you don't want to do is you don't want to, to alienate yourself. You don't want to put yourself on the island because, again, they will terrorize you when I, when I first Got there, they put me on probation. I was on probation for a year anyway. And my captain said he was going to fire me. So I did, you know, super be on point. So that's what they do to you. They, as opposed to addressing your, 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 your concerns, your, your, your uh, issues, what they would rather do is, is find a way to remove the people who complain about the issues. If you go along and get along, everything, just like the system of racism white supremacy, if you talk about, Oh, this is this. I think you're practicing racism against me. You know, um, it's a problem. But the 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 whole society, tribal society, is really people who are looking to be racially showcased. They are looking for people to be put in jobs where you know, like it's like the Obama thing. You know, in in the Bronx, you had a chief clerk when there's a white male, he had the power to do everything. When the black male got the job. He, he was powerless. He couldn't do anything. He had to get permission. He had to ask this, that, nothing. And of course, the, the whole now, the job is even bifurcated. It's not even, you know, just one job. It's two jobs now. So when the white male is doing it, he could be the, 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 the chief cook of everything. When the black male does it, oh, no, you're going to uh, 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 change things up. But, you know, uh, as far as mediation is concerned, 30 seconds. Yeah, and in all, in all the different issues, what happens is they are not attempting to to provide justice. What they're trying to do is to see what's going to make you shut up and go away. You know, whether that is having to give you, you know, a little bit of compensation. Um, but they're going to can do what they do, you know, in other ways. You know, they're just not going to... Uh, you know, address your concerns, and I'm going to my line. Thank you. 
Much obliged for your commentary, sir. That right there has been another major theme. Different ways that white people conceal information. Now, the job one, uh, in terms of what he was talking about when he uh, began his commentary, uh, in terms of them sharing, apparently, these job opportunities while they were out drinking whites and alcohol. But that is, well, whites and alcohol, that is very old, long-running tradition in the system of white supremacy, but definitely concealing those jobs uh, amongst themselves about who's going to get hired or if it's uh, promotion or whatever. That is long-running uh, in the system of white supremacy in so many different ways in terms of them restricting access to information, especially, as I said, jobs, promotions, that sort uh, of thing. No surprise. And I think that's at least the second or third time that we've heard that just within uh, the conversation this evening, within the last uh, 30 minutes. Um, we had the caller who was talking about the whites being downstairs and they were talking about different prospects on the job. And then, oh, wait a minute, might be some niggers uh, present. We'll pick up and continue this conversation later, which again goes to the notion that white people are not ignorant about racism when they're out performing and doing all of these things, you cannot be ignorant about white supremacy and perform in this sort of manner all over the world. It does not make sense. Uh, checking it. Well, actually I will pause if there are folks with mediation experience who would like to comment. Uh, we certainly want to hear from you, but we did have other people who dialed in uh, or wrote in, sorry, wrote in with commentary. I want to make sure if I can get everybody who wrote in before we wrap today. So, uh, other caller, I think this is uh, Black Male, wrote in. Uh, he says, yeah, I think this is a Black Male. Can anyone tell me what coconut means? In my workplace, many non-Blacks refer to Caribbean Black people as coconuts. I have a feeling that the definition probably matches that of the N-word, but I'm, but I'm curious. Uh, there's this lady at my workplace who refuses to stop watching me. She's the file lady, so there's no reason for her to be near me, and she's not even good at hiding it. Every time she goes back to her desk, the manager calls the manager calls, or comes over to me to either scold me or triple my workload with the intention of me not being able to complete it. Speaking of my manager, she hates black females. Every black female who worked under her has quit. I feel like I heard this before. They don't last longer than two months. Now that there are no black females directly under her, she has targeted me. I asked everyone around me if the if this manager monitored their interactions with clients. They said yes. I then asked if she interrupted every conversation that they had. They said no. My manager has been monitoring me, her words, and interrupting my interactions with clients to reprimand me about taking too long or using words she doesn't like. My black coworker has also been having issues with another white coworker who, who too keeps watching her, stalking her really. Yesterday, this white coworker came up to my black coworker and asked why she hasn't been parking in her usual spot. It's impossible to park in the same spot every day. A few days ago, the same white woman goes to my black co-worker and says, your dress is up. You have been, oh, wait a minute. You're dressed up. There we go. Uh, you're dressed up. You've been dressed up for the past three days. My co-worker told me this and we were both speechless. You should both be listening to the cows. This has been a theme for the summer. I keep saying it. I guess I'll just continue to say it. You are under surveillance. Now I repeated this. I think it was, mm, maybe three weeks. It was, uh, yeah, maybe three weeks ago. I said this or reminded listeners of this. It wasn't the first time that we talked about this subject because of 
uh, me being in yoga class and a white man that I'd never seen in my life came up to me before and said, oh, I've heard all about you and the classes that you've taken just for me telling him my name. I don't know if he'd seen me or not, but I know I'd never seen him. The same thing happened again this week. Uh, I had a white person. I was in class and he came up and he said, oh, I'm in teacher training. I am too. Uh, and he says, uh, I've seen you in class. You're so impressed. I'm like, wow, I have never why particularly another male like really uh to just watch them in class and you know see what their form looks like or or what have you i'm not into that at all if you are a black person you are being watched there are few things in the universe whites pay more attention to than their negras and i've said this consistently i think we greatly minimize that in the workplace too our detriment. None of these things should be a surprise that you have whites who are paying attention to every detail, exactly what you're wearing, exactly how you lace your shoelaces, exactly where you park every day. That's the system. And I just said white people are not ignorant about racism, white supremacy. They are certainly not ignorant about their niggers. That's what understanding racism means. I think we have been greatly confused about that and it might throw us off. Really let that sink in. What it means to be white, there is nothing I pay more attention to than niggers, every single one of them. I'm monitoring, keeping an eye. This is our enterprise. This is what we do worldwide. And I guess I would just keep emphasizing it. And folks, anybody who is under surveillance, you should just keep writing in because apparently there are a lot of cows listeners who still end up being surprised that wow they are watching everything i do wow they are rifling through my trash can they are rifling through my desk they're paying attention to where I yes that's the system of white supremacy now with regards to coconut i think i can't give you a, a clean definition on that one but i've heard that one enough i think that's just like spear chucker nigger i mean i think it it might be one that's specific to non-white people who might have been born in what they call the Caribbean. I think uh, it's just been a while. I don't hear that one as frequently, but I've seen it before. I've looked at it before. I'm very sure that that is right up there. Nigger, uh, spear chucker, all the rest of them that they use, gook or whatever else, uh, what they call racial epithets uh, for non-white people. That's what coconut is. I just think it's specific for folks that are uh, from the islands, as they would say. Uh, were there any questions uh, the star. A lot of this was with stalkers, uh, stalkers and black fem black females being targeted. I think we heard a lot of that as well. And again, just not being surprised if you're black. Period. Uh, you're going to be terrorized. And and with this, she didn't go into a lot of details in terms of the nature of the targeting. But if you know that that's what this person's mo is, as we've heard before, that they do things to accuse, falsely accuse black people and the black females specifically. If you know this is you, then you already have your counter racist code there. I'm going to be competent in what I do. I'm going to keep records. If it's accusations of work not being done, I know I need to have records about turning in assignments. If that means backing up files and that sort of thing. I don't know what the nature of the accusations are because they weren't presented here, but we already talked about making sure you have an aggressive code uh, to deal with that. If you know this is someone who aims to either have me fired or to pluck my nerves so that I quit. Uh, the number again yeah. Stacy in the UK still hanging with us 3.14 a.m. Friday morning. Apologies, sorry, I thought you'd finished. I was just going to say the coconut um, is the equivalent of, I guess, Oreo. So black on the outside, 
quite on the inside. That's how it tends to be used over here in the UK, and I would imagine, um, as my parents come from the Caribbean, that the reference is, is being um, used in the, exactly the same way. So I think it's the equivalent of your uh, the, uh, US use of Oreo, if that's helpful. I think Stacy is correct. I told you it'd been a while since I remembered exactly what that one is. I think that's the way that I've heard it used as well. Coconut being used the same way as uh, Oreo. Yes, the Oreo experience, folks remember. Nine years of the cows. Uh, other folks uh, dialed in. If, if we have mediation experience, that would be wonderful. Certainly, if we have anybody that we that has a hand up that we've not heard from at all, uh, you should go ahead and speak now. Can I be heard? Uh, codified software developer, Wisconsin. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Uh, good evening, Gus. Good evening to all the callers and listeners. I do not, unfortunately, have mediation experience. However, I had a um, a couple of things that happened this past week uh, at work. Um, so I was downstairs in, at my job last Friday speaking to the lead architect and his minion um, about some work, and they started talking about um, the merger situation that we're having at work, and they keep on throwing around this number of three years. I think that's a very important number. I haven't decided exactly what that means, if that means that they that they've made a plan in three years to get rid of a lot of people, if they think three years is a uh, going to be the uh, period of time that's going to take them to um, to transition all of this other company's um, business onto the company I work for, onto their platform. I don't know, but I think three years is a very important number because they keep on throwing it out. Um, but I was just paying attention to what they were saying, and the lead architect looks at me all of a sudden. He says, well, I'm going to work for a codified software developer. And I said, hmm, you know, I didn't have a response to that. But I thought that was really interesting. Um, and later on, I had a meeting with him. And it was a meeting about a project that's for this merger. Um, and uh, I, had, I had some information on the machine I use at work. And I was going to email it to him. We were in a meeting room. And it was just he and I, we were in a meeting room, and I had a cup and, and my notebook, my work notebook, not my personal uh, diary, work diary, um, but just all the, uh, the notebook with all the information that I keep for their specific work. Um, and I ran upstairs to my, to my desk to email it to him very quickly, and I thought about it. I was like, oh, that cup is downstairs, and it's got something in it, and um, so I sat there in the meeting, and I didn't drink from the cup at all, and um, I know he noticed that because he kept on looking at the cup and kept on looking at me, and so I asked him while we were in this meeting, I said, well, um, do you expect that I will be the only developer on this project? And he sort of gives me buckets and buckets of words, and then he says, well, I don't want to, um, I don't want to pile any work on you, and I just, I, I said, hmm. And then he repeats that, and I, I thought that was really interesting because I think that's exactly what he's trying to do. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really waiting to see how that's going to work out. This, again, is, is causing some issues with the non-white Indian male. And I, at this point, I'm very convinced that they're saying things to him 
that are getting him uh, riled up, so to speak, because his behavior shifts. Uh, he does like 180. He's normally a very pleasant person. He's um, he's actually didn't grow up in India. He's actually born and raised here. And so I've noticed with, with uh, Indians who are born and raised here that they tend to, well, they've, they've obviously experienced racism in a different way. Um, in this part of the world, and and they tend to be a little bit more uh, friend. They tend to be a little friendlier uh, than Indians from that uh, so-called country. But they, uh, but he seems he deviates from being very pleasant to being very hostile. And I, I believe that they're sort of talking to him and giving him some sort of information. Um, just in terms of. Uh, asking questions. I think that's very important. It reminds me of the situation I had with one of the testers at my job's older white female, and she doctored an email that I uh, she sent me. She doctored an email and put it in, on this um, this sort of website that we have where we keep our tasks, and I just happened to be looking at the task because I was interested in seeing what she was doing, and I noticed this doctor's email, and instead of accusing her because I knew that, you know, as you say, that's the Voltron effect, right? She reminds somebody of their racist grandma. Uh, so I knew accusing her would be not be very helpful. So instead, I took a screenshot of the doctor's email and, and asked her, well, when did you send this to me? I, I didn't receive it. Uh, this caused her to start scrambling and everything, and all of a sudden there's a brand-new email chain, and I've never had a problem with that again, um, except for now she's uh, unbearably uh, sweet, quote-unquote, very smiley and, and friendly, and I just, you know, she looks like a barracuda when she's smiling, so I just I really stay away from her. Uh, two tips that um, I have for non-white people in general, I I personally don't, like to give more than 70% of my of myself and my time to my job. Uh, I figure out ways to do my job um, efficiently and effectively so that I can do it very well in a very short period of time. Um, of course, sometimes they give you extra work, but I've, I've figured out a way to maneuver around that as well. Uh, so I would recommend not being John Henry, but actually just giving as little of yourself as possible. I think as oftentimes non-white people, especially black people, make the mistake of giving much, much more than they're capable of giving and then are disappointed when that inevitably doesn't work in their favor. Uh, and also I would say, you know, Minister Fuller is talking about this too, um, they can get rid of you at any time, but make it very difficult to replace you. Um, I, have a, a, I have a friend actually who's, a psychologist, and she, um, she specifically, she's a black female, she specifically went after uh, specialties when she was in school that she knew very few people had. And as a result, she's in demand, not because, you know, white people really like her, but because she has certain skills and certain specialties that, you know, are needed for federal compliance in some cases. So she's able to uh, she's been able to parlay that into a really lucrative career. And I would say just uh, even in my situation, the traje trajectory keeps on changing because they're finding out that they're finding that I'm very difficult to replace. Of course, I, my trajectory has not changed. I'm still looking for a new plantation. Um, that's all I have, and I will meet my line. Thanks for listening. Keeping it codified in Wichita.
Wisconsin. Spectacular. Great suggestion in my view and not contradictory. I know Dr. Welsing uh, has said frequently, you know, try your best. That right there works against a uh, racist man, racist woman, racist child to have uh, any black female in the universe, any black male in the universe trying their best at something constructive. That right there is working towards universal man, universal woman. You can do that on the job. And at the same time, I don't need to give a thousand percent. I can do my best and get these tasks done and not feel like I have to, you know, give every ounce of myself uh, to this job. Like, absolutely not. Uh, I think that is spectacular uh, advice. Just remembering that we are in a system uh, of white supremacy and not contradictory at all, in my opinion, making it difficult. That's absolutely correct. They can decide to get rid of you anytime. That's what the system of white supremacy means. But I am going to be very competent. So, you know, you might have to hire three people uh, if you let me go to make up for the 70 percent of myself that I give here on a daily basis just because I'm competent and efficient. I am such a huge fan. Efficiency. Strive for efficiency uh, where we are not wasting time. Uh, the system of white supremacy, it uh, steals so much time from non-white people and uh, has so many of us when we don't understand white supremacy, racism, we don't understand whites, we waste so much of our time on nonsense because that benefits racists. We waste so much of our Black Panther. Marvel's Black Panther, make sure I say it correctly. We waste a lot of time on nonsense being really really miserly efficient with our time i think that works against racism white supremacy right there and great job with this new era and doctoring technology make sure you have your originals and asking questions uh, i'm such a big advocate asking questions and not even making accusations that's something i think uh point mr fuller makes often you don't have enough we we victims of white supremacy don't have enough power uh, to, you know, go around talking tough talk uh, like we got a lot of reinforcements behind us. As such, you don't want to be in a position of making al allegations uh, coming in to a meeting. And Susan, I think you doctored this email. You don't want to come from there. Just, you know, you could ask a question. And it seems that was more than enough to get the problem resolved. Really make an effort to not make accusations on the job. Just asking questions and following logic based on evidence. Uh, folks, if we missed anybody completely, mediation, anyone with uh, mediation experience, if you have it, if you listen to the archive, if you want to write in, that would be grand too. But uh, anyone that we missed completely, if you have a hand up, uh, line should be open. Proceed. Greetings, caller in Florida. We're eagerly waiting for the update. We even had uh, your commentary from last week as our intro to make sure everybody would be up to date on the latest antics of the warden and how she responded. I think we had our, our cliffhanger after your, your question of would you be going through this if you were a white person after the sabotage and stealing of the keys and all of this. Uh, the, the question, and then I think if I remember correctly, the warden took the whole week off, didn't just take July 4th, took the whole week off because of the stress and strife that she's been going through on the job. Is that more or less in the ballpark of the update? 
Yes, sir. That that is that is very accurate. And like that meeting that took place to start out with that, um, it was a lot of nerve, like nervous white people uh, standing in a in a circle in the department that I work in. And the white woman, as I said, she steps out and she says with a smile, uh, "Well, somebody just say something." Uh, and then the I was standing behind the guy that said he was going to Google the term fair, and he, he never got back to me on that. So maybe he found out the uh, white definition. Um, and he uh, has been trying to be very nice, I guess, every every time he's passing by, trying to um, speak and, you know, uh, say hey or whatever. So just in a codified way, I just I say, uh, just say hey, just right along with it. Um, and the clerk, he, uh, he says, well, um, I'm going to be the one presiding over the meeting because uh, uh, she, well, I'm not going to say her name, but she is, she is very uh, in, in much distress because she has hired all of these new people and she just decided to just take the whole week off. And one thing that was interesting was that he announced all of the new people. It was uh, at least four new people. And I'm thinking, I'm suspecting that came from at least three or four months ago when I uh, had pointed out they forgot to introduce the black female. And she would allow the supervisor to do it. But the person presiding over the meeting did it this time. So I I think they were taking notes on my um, prior activity. Uh, As far as the the, the warden, She avoided me a couple of days, and then all of a sudden, I had uh, I had went into the office because I needed to get a signature. So I had asked her, uh, was like the other person, the administrative male person, white man, was he in his office? And she was like, Oh yes, sir, yes sir. <laughs> I was like, What? Like, come on, what? Like, what happened? Like, you addressed me as yes, sir, two times. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I guess they had talked to this person. So, um, but other than that, she just been kind of just speaking to me and stuff like that. And I, I don't know. I just never really experienced that. Uh, but she hadn't, I, not as, as far as I know, she hadn't really been, um, like, directly hostile toward me lately. But, you know, I'm still suspicious. Uh, but another thing I was mentioned in the meeting was that the the clerk, he says, well, uh, it's about that time uh, we're going to start working on policy. So if anybody has any suggestions, you can just come and let us know if uh, there's anything that needs to be updated with our policy. So I've never heard of that either. Um, this person has been in his term for at least about almost two years and he hadn't finished the handbook yet. So why is it that after I send this email, um, we have a meeting and now they're talking about if anybody, <laughs> if anybody has uh, any comments or any kind of suggestions on what we should put in a policy, just, you know, just come and let us know. So I just feel like that was directed at a certain few amount of black people, maybe me and a couple of other black females, 
um, maybe another black man. I'm thinking about five, six black people. Uh, and it, it's it's two other things I wanted to quickly point out that like I've been training uh, a white woman to um, to do my jobs for when I go on my vacation just to get a break. And she she kept using this term that, and I know this is a popular one. I don't know if this is in the word guide. She said she's she's been getting rusty. Um, and I, like I had looked up the word rust and rusty, like it, it's like dark brown or orange or metal or whatever it is. So I don't know if that could be another term maybe to look out for if anybody on the line or you guys, um, maybe white people are going to be using that term or have been using that, uh, putting it in circulation. Uh, and there was a, another incident where there was a tragic arrangement. There were six offspring of a black female and white male, a white man. They were in the research area. Um, and I asked her, I said, well, can I help you with something? And she says, well, you know, I just need to go fill out this restraining order. And she came to sit down at the table. So we're just supposed to allow them to fill out the injunction paperwork. And the children, they were being very, uh, I guess, just very energetic, very loud. And they can really um, keep them uh, keep them quiet pretty much. You know, they were, I guess, bored and trying to color and stuff. And they, the, the youngest child, um, they her name is Storm for some reason. And they kept calling her Storm, S-T-O-R-M. And she's uh, crying out for the, her white dad or whatever. So it was one of her sisters. She was coloring a picture, and she she walks up to the the white dad, and she says, "Hey, you know, I colored a a black girl and her white boyfriend, the <laughs> uh, six year old, um, like a I don't know, guess what, mixed person, a, a mulatto, I think that term was used. So I had noted that I had wanted to share that, um, and that's the only thing I have right now, and Thanks for allowing me to share. Much obliged. Tragic indeed. Uh, I do not have my word guide. Uh, I'm not sure. If I had to wager, I would say I don't think the term rusty is in the word guide, but I don't have my word guide. Flood, still displaced. Uh, if any of the folks that are with us live, if you have your word guide and it's in arm's reach without too much trouble, if you want to take a gander to see if Rusty is in the word guide, that would be interested. I do not think it's in there, though. Uh, as for, I guess, the continued fallout from you asking questions after you were maligned and mistreated by the warden, racist woman on the job. That at least in my view, like you were saying, you have have not had this uh, type of experience before where a white person not just sir once, but doubles. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, when you go into an office, uh, having not had that sort of experience before and, and some whites seem nervous <laughs> when it's time to, to come and have you present for a conversation. Uh, just in my view, like that sort of uh, just extreme change in how whites are conducting themselves that speaks volume 
uh, to me about the importance, uh, the power of following logic, counter-racist logic, uh, not being emotional because his position as a black person, victim of white supremacy, didn't change. All of that is still true. He doesn't have an army with him, but just following logic, asking questions. You can do quite a bit to neutralize racist man, racist woman on the job. Now, that doesn't mean that they you know, can't fire him tomorrow. We're still in the system of white supremacy, but at least for the time being, they have been somewhat mitigated on the job. I'm sure that they're doing all kinds of, of plotting and scheming, uh, but at least for the time being, racist man, racist woman, somewhat neutralized. And it, it, uh, at least for me, goes back to what I've said consistently. They enjoy terrorizing us most when it's, we got this nigga totally confused. They have no idea what's going on. When it seems like they might have some grasp and they're composed enough to ask questions. They're not just yelling and ranting and raving and cursing. Where's the keys at? Oh no. <laughs> Would I be treated this way if I was white? And waiting for <laughs> like, come on. That is not as much fun at all. Uh, I think Mr. Fuller calls that driving the cost of business way up and taking a lot of fun. Right? They love mistreating the niggers and having fun doing it. You take a lot of the fun out calm i'm not upset asking questions following logic that is not fun at all for racist man racist woman any any refinements anything looking back on this last i mean this has been going for six months man if we go all the way back to when she didn't uh name the the new black female employee that's like the beginning of the year anything you would refine anything that you look back you're like ah, i would do this uh differently this time around That's a good question. Um, as far as I know, I wouldn't. I don't know if there was anything that I would change up. Really, it's, maybe I have to think on that a little more. That is always advisable. <laughs> I think you great illustration. That was in the audio clip uh, for the meeting where you were going to address the email, and you said, "Could you give me a few moments?" took time, got the email, and then had the meeting. Is that the way it went? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, because that, that was when uh, my supervisor, she had asked me, and uh, she she was, she was uh, polite or whatever, because she didn't know what was going on. And I had, I had been going through this at least about maybe like a day or two before this, and I figured the warden would try to um, put my name into it. So she was like, did you know anything about this? So I was like, oh, here we go. So I said, uh, could, you, could you give me a, a few seconds, please? And then she said, oh, oh, sure. You know, I'll be in the office. You let me know. So I, I had waited about at least about a good 45, 50 seconds. So, like, that was on, I think that was on a Tuesday. And by that Friday, I had typed that email up. So, um, and then the thing was, was that on that first email that the warden sent, it was on June 14th that they were supposed to have somebody do the job. And two to three weeks later, they brought my name into it. And I said, hey, like, they already had a some kind of a um, personal meeting about, you know, the people who's supposed to be getting this job done didn't get it done so i'm like why my name being 
brought into it. And then as a white person, she sent me an email saying that, hey, uh, this this person, the warden, she sent this to me. I don't know why she didn't include you. So she, I guess she revealed some, um, it was like a, it was a, it was an email message she forwarded to me. And it was saying that these two people were come, were going to come do it. So that's probably why she didn't send it to me. Because it was the people that she initially had in mind to do the job in the first place. But she was saying, well, you know, uh, you're just, you're, you're still, uh, I guess, a part of the records management, I guess, in some way. But I thought I was supposedly transferred to official records uh, two years ago. And I worked five years under my other supervisor. So I think some uh, obfuscation going on right there. Um, and, not, and no paperwork was produced to show, I guess, some kind of a clause or something about how these certain jobs apply to me. I just think they just couldn't really come up with nothing when, as you said, followed logic when I typed the email up. Uh, but yeah, like the clerk, been very, very nice, very pleasant, and uh, with her especially. And I think they are very, <laughs> very afraid to, to see that my mother works at the other courthouse. I know they've been avoiding her as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a major part of the update. Follow logic works well, in my view, uh, on the job uh, racist date. They enjoy and look for victims, going to be emotional, respond uh, to whatever they say easily so they can get their laugh for the day. Logic, as I said, it takes a lot of the enjoyment out uh, for racist man, racist woman, and racist child. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Are there folks that we missed, Ivy? Did you have commentary that you wanted to get in? Ivy, did you have uh, a hand up also? Um, I spoke earlier. Yes, but I spoke earlier. Cause, uh, weren't you going to people who hadn't spoken? Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, we are. We have like 20 minutes left. I did see you. Uh, your hand went back up. So uh, we'll go ahead and get you in. And we should be able to nab anybody else. I think there might be one other hand. I'm not sure. I'll double check. But we should have ample time to make sure we don't miss anyone. Okay. Yeah, I just had to call back in because... Um, it was a lot of distortion in the line with the vote line. I just called on uh, my regular phone. Um, I wanted to um, mention to Stacy in the UK who said that she suffers from um, from insomnia, you know, an ID too. And uh, Roz, regular caller, uh, Missy Roz, shout out to you. He told me about melatonin, which is the natural hormone that we have um, in our bodies that help us uh, fall asleep. And, um, you know, you can buy that. Um, in, in vitamin form, uh, and I don't know how many milligrams it goes up to, but I know about three milligrams helps me. You can start out with one and kind of increase um, to to see uh, if that helps you. Some people help, some people it doesn't. I know Swanson Vitamins, I think it's .com or something, or you can even just probably Google Swanson Vitamins. They have them uh, pretty cheap, or if you know of, like, you know, even a black-owned a business that sells vitamins, you know, try to get it from them. Um, I wanted to say to uh, the person who um, came in number two, like, congratulations with that. And uh, I think, yeah, if it wasn't for the thief, you probably would 
uh, come in, um, number one, and I, I really uh, wish you the best with that. And, and, and I'm glad that you haven't let her pettiness and, and, and theft and all of that distract you from the main goal, which is ultimately uh, to make your living. As far as the um, caller who just spoke who in Florida who, you know, just did just an incredible job, um, I think that they, this is like a timeout, what they're doing right now, kind of like, you know, in a basketball game, it's kind of like a, a timeout while the team kind of gets their bearings together and strategizes on how what their next move is going to be because they're struggling right now, and I think they don't know what to do with you right now. I think they don't know what to do with a person who asks those kind of questions and who can expose wrongdoing and even expose the nature of the wrongdoing without, for lack of words, name-calling or without calling you something directly. You never called anyone a racist, but apparently they, they clearly understood that you knew that they were behaving in a racist manner and they're stumbling all over their words to the point where they're saying words that aren't even words. And the question that you asked, would this happen to me if I wasn't a white person, it actually reminds me of that shirt uh, that's out right now. Uh, please treat me like I'm a white person. Please respect me like I'm a white person if those are still available. And I wanted to quickly say to the uh, Codify software developer that um, her commentary was incredible. I found it very informative tonight, and, and I was glad also that recently she talked about her son again and his um, just codified behavior. Um, I was thinking about that pretty much the same night that she brought it up again, and I hope that she continues to share that, and, and that was it, and I'll, I'll mute my line. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. I uh, appreciate that, Ivy. Uh, did we have anybody that we missed completely who had commentary that they wanted to share? Any folks who had a hand up that we have missed totally? I'll give out the number again, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Anybody that we missed totally. Yes. I think we nabbed everyone. Uh, was that Ivy? No, oh, I'm okay. sorry. It's red. My voice kind of went out. Um, I just wanted to quickly say um, I have the word guide and I don't see Rusty in here. Um, it goes from loyalism to rules, regulations, rules of war, et cetera. Um, so I just wanted to share that and I'll meet my line. Thank you. Much obliged for the update. Yeah, I didn't think Rusty was there. Although I do think the, the logic of that uh, from the, the caller in Florida in terms of someone saying that I am uh, Rusty. Uh, saying that to imply that they uh, don't know how to do something or that their expertise uh, in an area has eroded uh, because they haven't been doing it for a while. That's still associated with a color that is uh, dark, not white. Uh, that makes logical sense. Uh, I, I see. I think Mr. Fuller would see the logic of that. Uh, Stacy, did you have commentary? Um, yeah, just to thank Ivy for her suggestion on the melatonin. I will try that. I haven't. Um, but yes, um, anything to help um, is much appreciated. So I will follow up with that. Um, Gus, I just wanted to add something about policies, if there's time. Can we do that? Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah, because 
I mean, you always advise people to refer to the policies or the company handbook in advance of starting a job. And um, I guess for those of us who've already joined and, you know, encouraging us to go through and read the document. Um, I just wanted to add on to that suggestion or that advice, um, I guess, to talk about how to use or how to read them. And it may be obvious, um, but I guess it wasn't necessarily obvious to me um, that when, I don't care how wonderful things are, when you just get the job offer and you're in your early phase of that employment and everything is going well, or even if you're starting to read the policy during your time already in employment, I would read it from the perspective of this is a document that, yes, might be prepared to help staff operate within the organisation. However, it is a document that is produced to help the organisation, the management and the organisation, owners or any other type of organisation, get rid of staff should there be any problems. And I think when you read it, with that critical framework, then I think even if the words in those documents sound very supportive of individuals as employees, I think you'll get a better perspective on how you are actually processing that information. And so, you know, it's it's reading each section, whether that could be to do with timekeeping, as has been mentioned today, and cross-referring to any other sections of the document that might have a bearing on that particular matter. And I think that is incredibly important because, for example, if you are being told that there are certain flexibilities or, you know, certain concessions that can be made. I don't know, I'm going to use an example, this isn't a true one, but flexible working. It might be useful for you to look at that against any disciplinary procedures. Um, this is, I mean, these two are not um, probably not good examples, but I'm just plucking something out of the air. Look at it against this section on disciplinary procedures. And... Um, does the wording under flexible working get contradicted by the wording under disciplinary procedure? Because even if it doesn't appear so on the surface, managers, particularly those with unscrupulous intentions, will use that wording to suit their purposes so I just offer that to people as a way of reviewing the documents at any point in your employment, whether it's before you join, whether that's before you've even applied for the job, during the recruitment process, once you've been offered the job, or when you're on your job, and certainly before embarking on any kind of grievance process. And I know the word grievance is um, to be avoided, 
I would say in my situation, I didn't use the term grievance or complaint when I first raised my issues with management. I was made to go through a grievance process. I was told that was the process. So I'm sure that there are examples of where management has solved problems without going down or forcing people to go down that route. However, in my instance, I was told that I would have to do that if I wanted the issues that I raised formally addressed. Um, so I guess I was, uh, what is the term that the um, uh, the person from the Florida court has used is uh, rock and a racist place or whatever. I can't remember the term you used, but that was the situation I was in. But yeah, just in terms of the policies, I would just add on to previous advice and just say, read those documents with a critical mind and with the perspective that this document is a document to help as an unscrupulous employer practice injustice against any individual employee, particularly non-white ones, and that might be a more useful framework for how you then operate going forward. I'll meet my loan boss. Great commentary uh, from Stacey in the UK. Absolutely. Uh, these are the rules, the hows of how we are going to get rid of you uh, if push comes to shove, as they say, in the workplace. Uh, and I thought the, the commentary from the caller in Florida at the courthouse when he said that after he, you know, raised his question uh, about, you know, injustice, uh, subversive activity in the workplace, for them to have a meeting and ask, does anyone have suggestions on our policy and procedure, I have never heard that in a workplace uh, where a manager, a supervisor, anyone has come in and asked, do we have suggestions, input on the policy and procedure? Like, never. Um, if, uh, if anyone, my suggestion, if that does ever happen, I would see if you can come up with at least one suggestion. If you ever get the opportunity to have input, you should, uh, can I give me an evening uh, to review and I'll report back tomorrow. <laughs> like you should have at least one suggestion if they ever give you that opportunity for input on policy and procedure. Because that is like, wow, I've, I've never experienced that in my work history. Has anyone here, has anyone been at a job where someone offered you an opportunity to uh, make edits to policy and procedure? I didn't think so. That would be a memorable day on the plantation. The overseer comes out and asks the slaves, do y'all have any recommendations on how this here plantation is operated? <laughs> like, uh, what? Like, that is, uh, that is unheard of in my experience. But I, if you are asked, give me a day, you should have at least one, if not several, at least one, if they give you that opportunity. Any other folks uh, have suggestions, comments they want to get in? Navier? Yes, ma'am, Ivy. Okay, if nobody else is going to go on, I definitely, um, I wanted to say to uh, the caller for the, you know, thank you for the, the, the word about a, a Rusty, because it really um, makes me think about, okay, man, I, I did not think of that word at all, and immediately when he said it, I thought about, you know, what color it is and things of that nature. And it makes me think, what other words am I overlooking? So it's going to help me to pay 
even closer attention. I mean, these races, they really have the language on lock for their particular type of system, type of system, which is, you know, terrorism based on uh, skin color. And, um, you know, to also to the, the person who, who won the, the uh, who, who came in number two, um, with that, that race soldier and how she keeps on stealing, uh, I mean, she just keeps on stealing. And it's like, you know, whites love to say um, that they got where they are um, through how hard work, even though they call themselves white all day long, knowing good and well that they're not white. So they got that white card, plus they're, that white card, plus they're doing all this stealing, and they have a lot of different uh, incompetencies on the job where, you know, black people and other non-white people are having to, to, to train them, and they, you know, take all these, these, these smoke breaks. I mean, there's a lot of things that show that they're, they don't have a lot of hard work and that ultimately they got where they are from um, terrorism. So, so much for all this, I got where I am because of hard work, and that was it. I'll meet my life. Indeed. They work hard, mistreating Negras. Absolutely. Tirelessly. Uh, I did want to make sure uh, that I get in from yoga class. Uh, the making sure that you have a circumference that you have established about what you're going to speak about. What I mean when I say that you go on jobs and sometimes they might ask questions. We had like a we had an exercise we had to pick, I'm going to give it to you the way they explained it to us. We had to pick a joyful moment to share that happened in the past 24 hours. That's the way it was uh, explained, whatever you mean when you say joyful. Now, I would think, or other people, they talked about, you know, their child and things they did with their family and intimate details about their life. I said immediately, absolutely not. The circumference, this is going to be confined to yoga related topics, subjects, themes. Like we're not going to get very far from what I was doing related to yoga. Like if I'm sharing about something, it is not going to be about friends, family, personal life like i already told you palpable disdain at like at one level or at minimum i am not treated as if i were a white person uh so no i'm not sharing a whole lot of details about my intimate feelings and thoughts my joyful what did i share i shared a yoga class i talked about the yoga class i took and what i enjoyed from that and that's all it's ever going to be uh when it's time to share because uh, we have to do what they call personal shares when you get to the end of class if you're the instructor you're supposed to give a detail from your life it's gonna be well that would perhaps change if I was teaching to black people but for the time being it's all gonna be related to things that happened on the mat and I would encourage you all to do the same thing you already have an established boundary about these are things that I'm willing to talk about if it's chat time and you know we have to make what they call small talk these are things that I'm willing to talk about. These are things that I am not willing to talk about. You already have that firmly established. And I'd say you should be real stingy about what information you want to share with whites. Uh, see, I have other things, but I'll leave it at that. Hopefully I'll have more time to talk about yoga. Uh, there were technical issues uh, with the uploads. The, I think, maybe the two most recent or maybe even the three most recent broadcasts uh, still are not uploading to iTunes. They are available at the Black Talk 
Radio Network and are being uploaded to SoundCloud uh, today. I almost got everything current there. This episode will be uploaded, you know, give us an hour or so and it should be up. But SoundCloud, Black Talk Radio Network, uh, Mr. Fox has the content at YouTube. Hopefully this issue, uh, which is not on my end, uh, will be corrected shortly and the iTunes uh, iTunes archives will be updated. I know some of the archives uh, were corrected uh, where there, I think race soldiers had interfered uh, and caused disturbances with some of the archives where they were inaccessible. I think some of that has been corrected as well uh, for archives going back to like 2015 and such way, way back, relatively speaking. Uh, If you have questions uh, about things, content, archived content, uh, guest suggestions, gripes, uh, general confusion, uh, feel free to drop an email until justice at gmail.com workplace racism. Certainly if you have suggestions, uh, if you have experience with mediation until justice at gmail.com and we can read your commentary on the broadcast for next Thursday, uh, we'll be here tomorrow. Ralph Ellison's invisible man, my favorite book all time, 7 PM Eastern 4 PM Pacific. Again, it's an hour earlier because aforementioned yoga teacher training. Uh, We'll be here Saturday, the compensatory call-in, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, normal time. We'll catch up on news, what has gone down the past seven days, and Sunday, global Sunday talk on racism. Uh, We'll hear how the folks in England are moping about their World Cup loss uh, and white. Stacey, have you seen uh, humans on Channel 4 as we wrap things up? Maybe we lost her. I'll make sure to ask the English listeners on Sunday. Uh, One of our listeners was curious about British television program that's very popular and uh, remind me of Dr. Kevorkian's work, uh, Color Monitors. Hi, Gus. Oh, she's here. I haven't. Sorry. Yeah, I was just, uh, I couldn't begin. Um, No, I haven't, but I saw it in your email, actually, so I'm going to make an effort to watch at least one episode. I have heard of it, but I've never watched it. Okay, well, we got got one response. Reading is more important than watching television, Dr. Welsing. Uh, With that, much obliged for everyone tuning in. I hope it was a constructive investment of your Thursday evening slash Friday morning. Uh, We'll be back in about 24 hours. Uh, Again, sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. Dr. Welsing, many others would strongly encourage Dr. Bobby E. Wright, uh, his work was mentioned, Psychopathic Racial Personality and Other Essays. I think he also would co-sign, let's take excellent care of our brain computers so that we can think of new concepts, solutions to the problem, racist man, racist woman, racist child. Uh, Certainly, let's be sober. And if you're going to be out and about in a vehicle, buckle up. Every time, driver or passenger, let's do everything we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. That's it. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with 
another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Uh, I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.